0: talk radio that you control 603-283-6160 that's the phone number for you to call to bring up whatever's on your mind 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie matt and Nikki. and i just want to go right into the phones but um tonight we're going to be talking about many different things including the uk to make cigarettes completely illegal Soon.
1: Is that right? They well, want to.
0: They
2: just want people to vape instead.
0: Hmm. I wonder if they will e- make cigarette, I mean, vapes illegal t- also. Um, but we have Dave Ridley on the line. Dave Ridley from Ridleyport.com. RidleyReport.com. What's on your mind?
3: Well, uh, you can guess. Um, I wanted to kind of give you my experience from the Ian the sentencing. Okay. Uh and, uh, you know, I, hopefully I have some, some ideas that other people haven't thought of. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I guess I got there about 8.30, um, and the the uh, event was scheduled, you know, the sentencing was at 10, 10 a.m. Um, and uh, what was interesting was there was an unusually large number of federal people just kind of outside, you know, pop, popping in and out of their cars and stuff like that, you know, security and whatnot. Um, and so that, uh, I did give me a chance to ambush interview probably ten feds. You did, um, yeah, over the, oh. over about a one hour period.
1: That's great. Um,
2: did any and, of them uh, talk to you, or did they?
1: Are ahead. any of them capable of speech?
3: <laughs> yes, and some of them had nice demeanor, you know, and others were kind of dismissive. And I, I guess I I was able to complete my first ambush interview of an FBI agent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's like a bucket list item well <laughs> which yeah, one do you know it's,
3: a, it's it's a bucket list it's probably not real good for my health but it's, yeah. it's been completed now um i'm sorry what
0: uh do you know the name
3: no i didn't get his name i didn't know he was fbi until after he went in and i'm not positive that he was fbi it just that his car said that he was fbi
0: okay well um yeah. so are those going to be up on redley on odyssey and rumble
3: uh, Odyssey and BitChute.
0: shoot. Bit shoot, yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm still processing the video. I shot a whole lot of video this week, and
4: it's getting complicated.
3: I also I got pulled over on the way to the court, and the uh, uh, yeah, that's interesting what happened there too. But um, yeah, I guess the other thing was, um, I guess so. Turnout was 80. Is that correct?
0: Um, I just kind of guessed that. Somebody else said 100. It seemed like it was definitely less than the first. Um, sentencing hearing to me, but not by a lot. The And the first sentencing hearing had definitely over 100. So I just kind of oh, There was guessed. a lot of
5: people there. Yeah,
0: I couldn't. I, I
2: would gauge it at about the same, hmm. maybe even more. I, I'm bad at that though. You know, I'm bad at like how many jelly beans is in this jar. I'm not yeah. good at that sort of thing. So, and I also did not
0: take a head count. Yeah, this time I didn't, last time I did. So I don't know. I don't really know. But
2: it was a great turnout though. And yeah. I was kind of. I didn't know how that would go.
0: Because it got
2: postponed two weeks. And, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you know, I already showed up the first time. So it was nice to see some of the same faces. Some new faces were there. So, you know, maybe people who wanted to go that it just wasn't on a good day for them. So it was nice.
0: Yeah. And if the listener doesn't know what we're talking about, I kind of didn't say, we're talking about Ian Freeman's sentencing hearing where on Monday he got sentenced to eight years in prison for selling Bitcoin to people who wanted to buy Bitcoin from him and then changed their mind later. Um, he's a host of the show and he's my husband and it's really messed up and we're all really upset about it and the government has been prosecuting him about this for over two years. He has been on an ankle monitor and just other home confinement and being punished before being convicted and also after being convicted for almost a year before getting um, sent to jail today, and no, he only gets sixty nine days credit for the days when he first got arrested in twenty twenty one. Doesn't so, get any credit for the rest. Yeah. So, um, and me and Zephin were actually talking about this
2: outside the courthouse. Um, you know, right after the sentencing. Um. You would think I mean it would be fair. I mean if he's on home confinement, he has to you know do all of these things. He has a probation officer, all this stuff, right? Like this is very inconvenient. Shouldn't that count for something? I would say so. You know. Right. You know this
1: the the, the judge there's going to be a lot of people who say, "Oh, he he, you know, did his job, uh, you know, by the book." That judge was biased, and I don't mm. care what anybody says. He was a biased judge. Right. He's playing the role. We got to remember. Well, they all, all are. We got to remember that all judges are lawyers.
0: Yep. And is. at the
1: end of the day, you're looking at like a ninety-nine point nine percent chance that lawyer is the same thing as a scumbag.
0: And he used to be a not just. Any lawyer, but a um,
1: prosecutor. Prosecutor, yeah. well,
0: isn't? Aren't they all?
1: Seventy-five percent s- of federal judges come from the prosecution side, not the defense. Side. Yeah,
0: so that doesn't
2: sound no. very and, fair and, to and me. And I knew,
1: I knew this guy. He's he's an absolute yahoo. I knew that he was biased the second I heard him refer to Ian talking to Ian as. You people.
0: Hmm. That was at a, hearing
1: I, I, a long time ago, right? I, 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 yeah, it was, it was quite was a while during ago. during the trial. During the trial. Oh. He said, you know, I looked up what you people believe.
0: <laughs> wow. You
1: people? So, Ian is you people?
0: Wow. I'm
2: actually going to disagree with you. I think as far as federal judges go, you know, I don't know any personally, really. Um, but I think he was rather fair compared to what it could have been. I'm not saying, you know, obviously, like... They got everything wrong here. You know, he I don't went, think Ian should spend a day in prison, well, never mind eight years. But I do think it could have been like the, the sentencing guidelines was like over 200 months. Well,
1: the thing is, the sentencing guidelines are guidelines. He could have smoked. He could have he he, well, done time, nothing. He, he yeah, could have exactly. smashed his gavel and said, time served. Ian, have a good life. But
2: what judge would have done that? Like just being realistic here. But, I mean, like
0: this is the, the state. This is the, the injustice system of the U.S. Sure. Here's why he's biased, Nikki. He had the opportunity to throw out these charges of tax evasion, which the jury found him guilty of after they are supposed to have found without a shadow of a doubt that yeah. Ian knew he owed taxes, that any person would assume that they um be able to know that they owed taxes. And the witness went on the stand and said, it's very possible. It's 100 percent possible that he owes nothing. And the the Ian's lawyers, Sisti and Guerrero, asked him to reconsider throwing those out, and he didn't say a word about them. And yeah. then he tells them, "Oh, it's um, it's impo- it's very unlikely that the appellate judge is going to throw these out." So he's,
2: I mean, they all. But I I said he was biased because every single judge is going to be biased, right? You know what I mean? Work for like the they, government. they they work for the state, so and that's why the whole system is un- completely unfair. Because, you know, like all of these people, the cops, the FBI agents, the lawyers, the judge, or the prosecutor, the judge, they all work for the same team. And even, obviously, like, we know this. We've been saying this on this show for forever.
0: Even on the day, on uh, Monday, every time a person who was speaking for the, including me, myself... Um, anybody who's speaking for the defense started talking he was like slow down slow down in the middle of you talking just like a way to just like show that he's in charge he's is um, yeah i think
1: the steno you know, was keeping up with it especially since it's on like literal auto audio recording now hmm. i mean court stenographers aren't under as much pressure as they used to be but he was hmm. still definitely jumping in saying slow down only slow down. to
0: the Defense. He never said yeah. it to Georgiana McDonald, who went up there talking like just exactly like I'm talking yeah. now. I had to. That's talk actually like- a good point. I didn't notice that. Yeah, but he did but it yeah. with
1: David Hathaway too. Yeah. And he did not oh, like yeah. Hathaway. He He's didn't- so
0: rude to David Hathaway, big sheriff. Yeah, yeah, David, David Hathaway
1: is sheriff from Arizona that used to be a DEA agent and has uh, grown to look up to Ian a lot. And uh, Ian's, you know, the ideas that Ian puts across in the show got into David Hathaway's head and he really liked him and next thing we know we have a sheriff in Arizona it's Arizona right yep that is a he's a basically voluntarist yeah he is he's
0: and described he's a, himself as one well.
1: he's an absolute great guy Yeah, he's super nice him and his wife very guy. nice people you know i was t- this is a guy who was a, a federal agent himself and has been in court and he said this during his te- during his yeah. uh, speech to the judge i've been in a lot of federal courtrooms uh, doing yeah. exactly this except on the other side yeah you know and for him to say that, I think he knows w- what speed to speak at. Like for him, yeah. was, for for Mister Hathaway being in that courtroom was not a there was nothing nerve wracking about it. He's been there a ton of times. He's probably the best choice for a person that you could ask for to go speak on B- Ian's behalf. And the judge still stopped him mid sentence yeah, a couple times.
0: This judge he does this weird thing. Everybody who's seen him points out these weird faces he makes the whole time you're talking. Um, And while I was talking to him, he was glaring at me. I was looking right at him, sincerely talking about my husband. And he's like looking at me like, if you can't see on the radio right now, well, it's glaring.
1: <laughs> Bonnie made a face. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I noticed that too. He he. Um, I, I don't know if the guy had like a nervous twitch or if that was intentional, or he just he just can't contain his feelings. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of emotionally unstable people who work for the United States government. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't when they're doing their psychological profile. I mean, you got to take a psychological profile exam when you get a job at. Texas Roadhouse. Hmm. You know, or you you name it. You're if yeah. you're working for corporate America, you're getting a tech you're getting some kind of uh you know, a, a psychological screening. i swear to God, you're not allowed to have a job with the US government unless you have passed the psychopath test or at least you're missing parts test.
0: I don't test, see how it's know. possible that the prosecution wasn't all psychopaths, but
1: Maybe, well, I mean, they're, yeah. they're lawyers. Yeah. So you know, I was talking to Hathaway at, at dinner one night when I when I first met him. Uh, Ian actually told me about. Him. He said you should go introduce yourself to that guy. He's a really cool. Guy. I was like, all right, I keep my eyes open for him, and I found him, and I did, and we had the most interesting conversation. And one of the things I said to him was, when it came to the feds, actually being in our house, the one thing I could see in all of their eyes is that honesty didn't matter. Um. Achieving justice didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was ch- like putting a check mark in their w column. yeah
2: winning yes. they, did, they did
1: not care whether what they were doing was right or wrong. They wanted the w and yeah. that was it these mm. well, are you have
2: to be soulless to do that kind completely. of job
1: completely. Completely. The the lead investigator that we had, the red haired lady, she absolutely, when you look into somebody's eyes and you see that there's nothing yeah. in there, that was her. And uh, you know, at least the IRS guy that was there had like a soul. I know because I hurt his feelings a little bit. I think, hmm. but I mean that the FBI lady had absolutely no that. Yeah, like,
0: I uh, confronted felt- her in court too. She um, had this woman that was like an intern with her, and she sent her to go sit by our table at lunch. So I sat right behind them in the courtroom to piss her off. Like, what you you don't like people watching you? I don't know. And and she went oh. She, stormed out of the room and went and got somebody to move me. And I just stood up. I was like, what? You don't like being surveilled? You surveilled my house for 24 hours a day for three years. And she just got the most. She was like so angry. She didn't say anything. She just like glared at me. I'm sorry, David. Um, I want to ask you, did you get inside? Did you go inside and watch the proceedings?
3: I did go in later on. Actually, what I did was I had, had a bunch of ambush interviews. I wanted to do at the state house around 1030 a.m., so instead of just being another body in there kind of sitting and listening, I went ahead and did that and then came back. So I came back right about the time that I thought Ian would, pro- like everyone was gone probably except Ian, right? Mm-hmm. I thought if I can get in there and just try to see him or at least make sure they know that someone wants to go in and see him and holding, that would be valuable. So, so, I, so I went back in. I guess it would have been around 2 or 3 p.m. Um, and uh, he was already gone by that time. Hmm.
0: I know the, uh, the Hathaways, they had parked towards the back of the building and they said they were going to go see if they could see him come out like, and waved him, but I, I never asked if uh, they actually saw him or asked Ian if he saw them. So,
1: Super lovely people. Yeah. Another, another
3: thing is uh, just as a concept. Uh, Churchill used to say there's, this, there's sort of this thing called the, the, the Lloyd George phenomenon, where Lloyd George was uh, prime minister of England during World War I, and he had this way about him. Uh, every time there'd be some new disaster in World War One, Lloyd George would get some sort of—he would gain some sort of military benefit out of it. Uh, so he would, like, for instance, when the, uh, when the Germans broke through uh, during the Ludendorff offensive in 1918, he he used that to to gain some you know, some changes in the Allied structure and enabled him to win the war. Right? So there's like in in any conflict, you can take a. Uh, a thing that seems like a disaster and gain something from it. Uh, and we just need to be thinking that way. Uh, probably the thing we need to gain from this is a better ability to get the word out about, about what we're doing. Cause really the only thing we need to succeed is for everyone in the world to know that we're here doing this. or so yeah. really, you know, really even just 10% of the world to know that we're here doing this uh, and we get the word out in some peaceable manner, uh, then we win. So just, I just I I've done some things to up, I've upgrade my ability to spread information and I would encourage everyone else please if you want to just if you want to do something about this do you know whatever peaceful thing you can think of but the most useful thing is just to spread the word about what we're doing.
1: Dave Ridley, I to this is a perfect uh, opportunity to um, uh, A, I, I want I want to know what all your channels and stuff are what are your social where can people find you because I, I want to say you are the reason that I am in New Hampshire. You The first thing I saw that was Free State Project Liberty Migration um, relevant on YouTube was the Ridley Report, and it came up totally randomly, and I saw you and some other people doing open carry trash pickup. You were cleaning up a dirty little neighborhood in Manchester, Nashua, or something like that, and I was like, those guys are epic. That is fantastic, <laughs> and you're your little reporting, and I remember, you know... Uh, your your advertisement singing you used to do, um, where can people find you now?
3: Oh, it's just same old, same old, same old. dot ridleyreport.com.
0: You didn't sing Although it. Although
3: I should, I should probably <laughs> sing it. Ridleyreport.com. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Ridley.
0: Um, so, Ridley, is that all you had to say?
1: Well, I'll have more later.
0: Well, thank you. Um, I'll be looking forward to the video.
1: You know, Dave's talking about the prime minister of England during World War One, how he, how he would leverage whatever he could leverage, whenever he could leverage, and it led to their success. Um, I hate trying to say there's a silver lining to my friend and your husband being in prison right now, but the fact is every time the government puts away a libertarian, They basically just planted a cancer cell in their own body.
0: Create when
1: you go into a prison and you start teaching the prisoners the real story of how they got there. Rich Paul's epic at it. Rich, Mm. oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Rich, Rich Paul in jail makes he basically makes. I mean, a lot of the people were in there. Their brains aren't always functioning, but the ones who are, like, holy, holy crap, had really looked at it that way. Next thing you know, you got somebody who's really peed off at the state for a whole different reason than they ever thought of. And it's a way more genuine, honest reason than they, they ever even thought of before. When you take somebody like Ian Freeman, who is one of the most eloquent people. I don't know if that's even the right word. Just, he's just, he's elegant in his thought and his speech and he is very easy to listen to and he is very knowledgeable about the topic of freedom and to take someone like him and put him in a federal prison oh my god that's even, kind of a problem and uh and I think that's a that's a heck of a silver lining right
0: not there. even just the other prisoners that'll be around which is already you know pretty cool enough but just anybody else who's been affected by this at all mm-hmm. they're perspective has changed a lot like for example my sister and my mom my sister was you know standing outside the courthouse crying I wasn't even crying yet and um I went up and I was like comforting her and she was like really really bawling crying and later she told me just that image of like 10 police officers rushing up on Ian and handcuffing it's him terrifying yeah she said it just made her have this extreme feeling of like i should be doing something because ian's always doing something and now he's getting taken away i feel she said i feel guilty that i haven't been doing things like and that this is the consequence and um my mom she said she's sorry that she believed things about him that she read whenever she first found out about him it's not like i was hiding him but (laughs) anyways um that she first believed things that she read when she Like after the raid and she started Googling his name, she said she's sorry for that. And that she'll because of this whole thing, she'll never again believe the media about what they say about people when they're like in trouble with the law. And, you know, it's just two people, but it's just two really good examples.
1: Mm. You know, another thing I think of when I think about Ian going to prison is. And this is another silver line, and I hate to say it, but they probably couldn't have picked a better person for it. And the reason why is I have never in the all the years I've known Ian get in trouble with the law. Never has he backed off. Hmm. He has. If there's anybody in the liberty movement that is not going to lay down, I would understand if he did. But it's Ian Freeman. If anybody's going to push something like this to the Supreme Court, yeah. it'll be Ian Freeman.
0: Yeah. I really hope that his appeals win. Um, that would be basically the best. It's kind of funny because that's Ian's idea of the best case scenario. Like For sure. Not and it is just, oh, I hope that they all got dropped before trial and I don't have to go through going to prison. No, his like best case scenario is getting found guilty of money transmitting and then the Supreme Court saying, actually, Bitcoin is not transmitted. That's like his number one best scenario. We actually have another caller, Cynthia in California. Cynthia, what's on your mind?
6: Oh, hi. Um, I'm wondering if y'all were following the uh, oath of office issue, where the judges in the District of Columbia, most of them do not have a valid oath of office on a file. And that means that under the law, assuming we follow the law, as real law, that everything they did is null and void, and they can be sued and prosecuted for for impersonating an officer of the court.
1: I've heard of this before. Uh, this is kind of a this is kind of like Jay Noon territory, and I don't know if that would ever work because you got to remember they're working for the same employers and right. Uh, they yeah.
6: actually are part of the bar, which is the British accredited registry, and under the Constitution, states may not contract. Contract or affiliate with foreign entities. Hmm.
1: That's right. And they
6: have. There's a whole lot of constitutional things they're doing wrong, and I tell you, the constitutional movement is starting to gain some steam.
1: Well, I mean, the constitutional movement's always. I I I came into the. I'm an I'm an anarchist, but I wasn't always. I was actually. Uh uh uh. I was actually confused. Liberty-leaning Republican, and I thought that the Republicans weren't Republican enough for me, so I moved on to conservative, the conservative party, which we have in New York, where I'm from, and I've realized that these people are just like extremely religious and want to lock people down in other ways. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why can't we just get away from the warfare? And somebody said, hey, there's this thing called libertarianism. Check it out. I'm like, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. And then I realized even libertarians are trying to prop up the state and yeah. keep that thing going. Or that, that <laughs> That's just a lost well, cause, I, you know.
6: I'm, I'm following the, uh, the work and the interpretations of the man who says that um, police forces being uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, year after year, are actually a violation of the Constitution because they constitute a standing army. I agree.
1: They are a uniform standing army. I agree with that. Holy, I've said that before myself. Thank you for
0: the call, Cynthia. Anybody else that wants to call in, 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
7: This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks, by their chain locks technology, there's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash dot org.
0: It's free talk live talk radio that you control 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call 603-283-6160 it's free talk live and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie matt and Nikki. and we're going to go right into the phone call since it is an open phone show ricky and the commonwealth of pennsylvania you're on free talk live
8: thank you there miss bonnie Sister Nikki, Brother Mac, good evening. Good evening, sir. Well, uh, upon listening to last night's call that I struggled through, uh, I heard you say, Miss Bonnie, that you had questions. Now, whatever questions they may be, no matter what they may be, I may have simple answers.
0: Um, what do you mean?
8: <laughs> well, about concern in my call about how, I was screwed out of stem cell research because I was Ricky from the Commonwealth.
0: I don't know. You kind of said that you didn't know the answers to those questions. No, I
8: do know. I know. Oh, it was definitely that. There's no doubt about it. You know?
0: Well, that really sucks.
8: It does. It does. And I know one thing I'll answer for you. Would it have cured me? Absolutely. Uh, And now being that I, I have so little, uh, cables left, and I'm totally blind, I would not be an applicant. I mean, there are, that what that was at that level, 2,400, uh, and, and, you know, the associated side effects, that's the limits of that.
0: Okay, you so know? if, like, the listeners don't know what Ricky's talking about, he called in last night to say basically because of cancel culture, he was denied access to the stem cell, like, um, research-type well, like a treatment, on, treatment. right? Yeah. Like an
1: experimental treatment?
0: Yeah, experimental. That's what I meant. Um, and there was this like private company that could have let him do it, but he said um, it, it was pretty clear after talking to the woman that told him he wasn't an applicant that it was because of who he was because he already was, uh, you say, pretty vocal about your opinions and stuff like that. and You know, that sucks. That's uh, a terrible thing. I feel like the government's definitely to blame because if they – you know, just approved to, to anyone to do whatever medical stuff they wanted, and then um, you had to prove yourself to be a good doctor. If more people could be doing the stem cell research, you know,
1: but Bonnie, that would be the wild west of medicine. <laughs> we would all die.
0: And
2: the craziest part about that theory though, because a lot of people they're like, well we need doctors and nurses to have licenses because how else? Like we at least need a threshold of like you at least need to be like this competent to be able to practice. But I personally know people um you know, I know someone that lives in the state of Connecticut that is, you know, has her own practice that um is extremely dangerous and mm-hmm. has you know, had several complaints filed against her for her, like, personal practice, and this person is still licensed in this, well, I I don't think they have licensure in Connecticut for this particular thing, but hmm. regardless, like, she still holds her title. Yeah. And that has not been removed, so it's, like, it's
0: not protecting anyone. Yeah, and it. this
2: person's, you know, completely dangerous, completely negligent, and wow. she just, like, does not, is not competent in her field. But yet still she's still practicing legally.
1: Could you imagine if there was just like competitive private credentialing services or people yeah. were credentialed coming right out of the Oh, you graduated Harvard Medical School? Well, that says a lot. What yeah. medical school did you graduate? Oh, I graduated NYU medical school. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, medical. like so yeah, you like know, people would be like, oh, okay, so those are and if those schools started graduating people who didn't deserve to graduate, it would start to impact their reputation, yeah. and nobody would want a doctor that came from that place. Those guys yeah. would be getting shipped to you know the Arctic Circle.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, well, thank you for the call, Ricky. Uh, it is a crappy story about uh, possible repercussions about cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we teased at the beginning a story from AP, um, APnews.com. It's about this guy, a prime minister in the UK, that wants to raise the legal age to buy cigarettes in England so eventually no one can. And I was a little That's confused strange. about that.
2: Yeah. It didn't make sense. I was what, like... What, they're going to raise it to like a 100? years
0: older. Yeah. But um, Ian told me, because I was on the phone with him right before the show, that um, Australia already did this, and basically what they did is anyone born after 2000 or something like that. So you're like grandfathered in. So if you're already a smoker, it's fine. And I think that might be what they're doing here. What if that has
1: anything to do with their socialist medical system where they're tired of paying for people with bad habits? Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. So
2: so I learned, so at one of the hospitals I worked at, um, you weren't allowed to smoke. So they actually nicotine tested me, which I didn't even know was a thing until I was applying for this job. But they nicotine test everyone that is applying there um, and I'm thinking, okay, well, we're nurses, whatever. It's a medical facility. It's a hospital. It's a no no tobacco premises. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, oh, they don't want nurses that are going on smoke breaks and coming to the hospital smelling like cigarettes. You know, that's what I just assumed You know, that just made sense to me. But then I found out from someone that it was actually because of their insurance, because the insurance would have been, you know, more expensive if they were, cause, you know, you asked, they ask you, like, how old are you? Do you smoke? Do you have any pre-existing conditions? So they were able to save money by having none of their, like, nicotine testing everybody. And have- hmm. But sense. I, But that's just not, like, what
0: popped in my mind at first. And my, like, my, it does my, make my sense. My next question but- is, what,
1: when are they going to start doing the body mass index thing in order, on, mm-hmm. upon hiring?
0: Yeah. Yeah, today I went to a hospital to see my friend's baby that was just born on the 3rd. And um, I noticed that sign that said this is a tobacco-free campus. Campus, And I wonder if it's the same thing here in Keene. Um, But let's get into the story. It says, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on Wednesday proposed raising the legal age that people in England can buy cigarettes by one year every year until it is eventually illegal for the whole population and smoking will hopefully be phased out among young people. I don't know. I, it just seems so immoral to me. Like people should be able to smoke if they want, and they should be able to buy whichever ones they want that you know don't have all this crap in them. And the FDA just allows you know like rat feces or whatever. Benzene. That's, I feel like that's the main reason why cigarettes are bad for you. It's not because of tobacco. It's the additives, and yeah. that's why
2: like the American spirits are a little bit better, or you can pretend nicotine itself better. is kind of
1: a poison. Nicotine's Wait, an extremely say powerful. Say that about uh, caffeine. Yeah, but nicotine, like when, oh, I'm sure it's worse. Yeah, it's it's extremely like the amount of nicotine that they have to put in a huge batch of tobacco is you know is an additive. Some mm. of it's naturally found in the tobacco, obviously, but but they, all
2: the other additives though.
1: Yeah, it's the there's stuff. Really, really, it's bad the pesticides stuff
2: in it. it's sprayed with. You know, it's the same as food. Like I mean, they don't know. want
1: that stuff to mold, right? Sitting in a pack because mm. it's moist tobacco. Seems like it would probably mold.
2: They dry it. It's not moist.
1: It's, cigarette tobacco is it moist? It is. It is moist. That's the sign of, like, a dried-out cigarette's too often. I
0: mean, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I thought they dry it out, and then it could get drier. Well, they hang it to dry it.
1: It's not like a raw leaf. I mean,
2: either way, like, yeah, it's a disgusting habit, and you shouldn't do it, but you should still be able to.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you should
0: be able to if you want to. Yeah,
1: I tell Reitman whenever I see him, you know, 1977 called and wants his terrible habit back.
0: Yeah, he's not, uh, I don't think he's doing it uh, actual cigarettes anymore, like just vapes.
1: That's okay.
0: No, the vapes are worse.
2: So another another quick story at the healthcare facility I work at now, um, we give the the patients that are there like designated smoke breaks, um, and I've noticed like the cigarette smokers are like chill, they're normal, they can just you know exist, but the vape smokers mm. since they're used to at home having access to it twenty four seven, I know people that vape in their sleep, yeah. literally. Oh I'm not even joking. What's- and people like if they lose their vape, they absolutely freak out they're they're you know flipping things over i know people I've, I've literally had several people tell me this i don't leave the house without four of my vapes in two chargers oh my god because they will be hard pressed to not have it for like even a second so i i just whatever is in the vapes has to be worse than cigarettes i agree with, i've because, seen that before it's yeah just doing it more. And, and cigarette smokers are not like that and i had a patient recently who woke up And he was, like, already... Like, he was having a panic attack. And he was, like, seriously, like, I need to stop vaping because, like, this isn't normal. And he was causing a scene. He was yelling at people. And, like, as he was, like, having this episode, he was also, like, I'm so sorry. This isn't me. Like, it was almost like he was possessed. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Wow.
0: That's really weird. (laughs) It was really bad. I started vaping a bit whenever Ian went to jail the first time. And I'm just so glad I stopped doing that because the thing that got me to stop was like i had a sore throat for like yeah. weeks and i was just like oh my god like i can't deal with sore throat sicknesses that's the worst so i'm just not vaping anymore i stopped myself from doing it i think it was just like way more it sounds weird but i was like way more stressed out the first time he went to jail i think it's literally just like self um growth more than yeah
5: it's not maybe. like this is
0: a less stressful situation but the other thing is, I know he's going to be gone for a fixed amount of time now. It's not like back then, I was just like, will I ever see him again? Yeah. Like that they were trying to keep him until trial. And then I didn't know how bad the trial was going to be. I didn't know if he was going to get life sentence. So it's kind of more like, I sound like I'm like, oh, I'm not stressed out. But at, at least all.
2: you know you have yeah. that. And like, that's kind of what Aria was talking about with that, like, why she was so stressed. And she was kind of like, I just can't wait to go to prison, as crazy yeah. as that sounds because it's that like hanging over your head like the not knowing yeah she's like i just want this to be done and over with and i can move on with my life you know serve my sentence whatever it's kind of that that similar sort of thing where it's like the not knowing that is really hard
0: yep um, I, I just think it's probably worse for you because, like you're saying, people are doing it more, and then there's definitely more additives, additives because there's all those flavors and stuff. Now oh, yeah. it's kind of like I smell it when somebody does it next to me, and I get kind of grossed out. Like it doesn't matter the it's, f- scent. Yeah, it's really like
2: strong and artificial. And I think another thing, um, we know what cigarettes do to a, you know, like it's it's been researched, it's been studied. So you can kind of expect, like maybe I'll get lung cancer, maybe I'll get mouth cancer, like whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's not good, but like you can kind of expect what you're going to get, like yeah. emphysema or whatever. But with the vapes, since it's such like a new thing and, you know, it's a huge industry now, there's all these different kinds and there are constantly developing new kinds and different formulas and different flavors. You don't know what that's going to do to you. I just so. want to know
1: how they make a liquid like that smell and taste like... Kiwi strawberry snapple—it's the same as food. Birthday cake—it's
2: artificial flavorings. It's just the same as food. Like if you're eating like uh like uh, juice. Most juice is all artificial flavor. Like, that's not real. Yeah, but it burns,
1: though. Like, it seems like that would change the smell of it because it gets hot enough to, like, turn a into vapor. More chemicals. Yeah. Throw more. Just, you know, like, just find the right recipe, you know? It tastes really bad
0: towards the end. Like, it's like burnt. Yeah. Yeah, The the coils, I think. The end of it is is burnt. Hmm. Um, The other day, I was talking to Mark about actually this kind of drink, these um, seltzers that are flavored. And he was like, you know, they're not that good for you because you don't know what's in those flavors. I was like, yeah, I know. I tried to Google once. Just, oh, what is this natural flavor made of that they use the bubbly, uh, using the bubbly brand? And that's how I learned that you have no way to know what it is because it could be anything. It could be actual grapefruit, like the flavor... That meaning, right now it could be like grapefruit essential oil or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it could also be absolutely not even related to the grapefruit, and it's natural because well, it came from Earth somehow. Well, and- um, the vanilla, the artificial vanilla
2: is like um, I don't even know if I can say this on the air. Beaver, <laughs> is it beaver anal something? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. And, yeah. and caramel color, apparently. And yeah. um. So a- like, yes, anyways-
2: it's it's natural. That's a natural flavor. Right.
1: Free range organic. But, uh,
6: yeah uh-huh. I like
2: telling vegans that one like uh mm-hmm. oh a point. I, I see uh, you know that has artificial flavoring in it and uh you know
0: and mark said he went to a food factory once and the guy said and this is where we make all the food chemicals and he was just like what is that what's and he was just like just a ton of different chemicals it's like a lot like just it's food chemicals what do you mean dude like yeah yep.
1: <laughs> not all chemicals are bad water is a That's chemical you yeah. Know? yeah everything just, is right but, you know the, I I highly doubt the chemicals they're putting in flavorings are all
0: like yummy just totally fine for you
1: not gonna get well you and it's
0: like you might as well just eat natural real whole foods why not especially since they don't have to tell you what they're putting in it and and the other thing I heard speaking of the vegans I don't really know if this is true but somebody said that in New York City they use these little um microbe animals uh, like tiny tiny shrimp or something like that to clean the water so really? you're always eating oh, that's not vegan yes yeah, so are, is the water in new well, york city just not and vegan? and that's
2: you know this is the thing too and i think they made a joke about this on the simpsons when uh lisa became a vegetarian and they're like oh yeah you're a level 800 vegetarian <laughs> and you can't eat anything that's even been in the shadow of an animal hmm. but it's kind of like that it's like where does it end because we probiotics i mean microorganisms anything you eat is going to have something that is alive on it um so it's like where do you kind of draw the line obviously like a bacteria (laughs) like you can't really compare that to an animal like if you're talking about ethics i hate to break
1: it to vegans but anybody who's ever actually worked on farms and done a harvest you know how many baby deer and rabbits and stuff get nailed by the combine on the way through? Like, okay, Yikes. I, yeah, all your all, like all your natural soybean based or stuff bugs getting yeah. t- bugs, rats, t- turtles. I mean, you know how much like, like there's all kinds of stuff in a cornfield, and you ain't stopping for it because you can't see it. There's eight feet of corn in front of your face, and you're just plowing through that. And Mama Bear is in there with baby Bear, yeah. and they're all getting shredded up and thrown into. Tank with the Peter rest of the Peter Cottontail. Yeah. Tons of those. <laughs> Tons of those. Nothing is vegan. Wah, Stop wah. already.
0: Well, we're just talking about all of this um, food-related stuff because we're talking about cigarettes and whether or not it's you know good for you to smoke cigarettes. Personally, I don't think any of us think it's good to smoke cigarettes, but you should be allowed to do it if you want. In for the sure. UK, this guy, Rishi Sunak, um, a prime minister in the UK actually- is proposing that the legal age be raised every year by one year so that eventually it will be phased out. And And I am wondering about, <laughs> does this include vapes? It just says cigarettes. Yeah,
2: it's just so dumb, though, because it's like, this is like totally bureaucracy. It's like, if you want to outlaw it, just outlaw it. Or be like, you know, the fact that they have to do this crazy stuff. Scheme. Well, they got to—they
1: got to take the long way around everything, or they'll just look like like the public perception there would be bad optics. Everybody would actually realize, like, tons more people would realize that they're just despots.
2: Oh, I mean, if they banned cigarettes right now for like everybody, that was a small—I mean, that so is like, like so. I've heard a I, actually several people actually that were addicted to hard drugs like heroin, fentanyl, meth, crack, like whatever hard drug you know. In, insert hard drug here. Um, they said that cigarettes was way harder to... I've heard that to, before. Uh, it's, like, way more addictive, and I don't know if it's, just, you know, just because it's it's legal and it, it's not really, like, mind-altering, I guess, and, you know, like, oh, it's just not as all day. bad. And, a cigarette but, um, addiction
1: is so, like, a, a cigarette is such a passive thing. It's this yes, little thing that you're holding you your it. fingers, you know, it's just you can't there. not eat without it. It doesn't weigh anything. It's, uh, you know, it's very, you know nothing to look at it's not you know but then then you just it makes you feel calm and takes yeah. the edge off and you just kind of light well, it's one up like that, that habit it.
2: right it's like it's like breathing air so you wake up in the morning smoke a cigarette eat breakfast after that you smoke it like it's like people people have to and if you're like a half pack a day pack a day smoker mm-hmm. i mean that's like a lot of smoke breaks throughout the day and mm-hmm. kind of Breaking that habit and yeah. that like constant rush of nicotine in your brain, I mean it's it's really difficult. Yeah, you know, I remember people.
1: when I was little. I, I'll never forget when they banned, and there was a stink about it. They banned um, TV commercials for cigarettes. You couldn't mm. have. T- oh yeah, that, I, I remember it. What do you two cap captains over there nodding his head? And there was a stink about it. It was a big deal. And um and then people were worried that they were going to make them take skull off the race cars and Marlboro oh, yeah. off the race cars, which I mean,
5: did so, they
1: do? Well, no, I think they're still racing. The Mar the Marlboro cars are still yeah. going strong. But um, what's interesting to me is that this war against t- big tobacco has been going on for a long time, and a lot of people have quit tobacco. Yeah, and I'm all for that. You should quit quit tobacco, but um. What I'm curious about is how a pack of smokes is still fairly cheap. With uh, like,
2: cheap, it's fifteen dollars a pack.
1: If you think about inflation wise, though, so, yeah, it's, it's right. really, really, really cheap because like when they're ten cents out, a pack. Yeah, you know, well, back in the day. well, what I'm saying is when they're turning out billions and billions and billions of packs because every like the the doctor that's delivering your wife's child is smoking a cigarette while yeah. he's delivering. child. Yeah. you know hmm. that back in those days. The amount of cigarettes that were being turned out was in, just enormous. Yeah. So now that hardly anybody smokes anymore, I can't believe they can get them to market for less than yeah. fifteen bucks a pack. Or you know, that's, that's actually surprisingly a good point.
0: cheap. There's like, um, I used to work at the Mighty Moose Mart here in Keen, and um, there was a brand called Crowns that like yeah. all of the like poorest people. Yeah, they're by. like the cheap, yeah, nasty ones. The, the floor sweepings. Yeah. They're like $4.50. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, crazy. that shocked me. But well, and like... like
2: cigarettes are pretty cheap in New Hampshire because we don't have yeah. as much tax.
0: Yeah. But the Marble are still like, like you said, like almost 15 bucks. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, like you,
2: like how Matt was just talking about how they like banned the cigarette commercials in the 80s. It's just kind of funny because like what, 15 years before that, you know, or maybe, maybe more. But uh, they had the the advertisements, ooh, camels, it's, you know, the doctor's recommended cigarette. (laughs) You know, it's like, that was so normal. Like, yeah, like, doctors were smoking cigarettes in the hospitals, and people are smoking on airplanes. Like, it was just so normalized, even in the 70s. I mean, like, that was normal to just constantly be smoking a cigarette. Like, ashtrays everywhere, all the white walls were yellow. Like, that was just the norm. Yep, Now it's uh,
0: definitely vapes. And... even though there aren't vape cigarettes, I still, I mean, sorry, even though there aren't vape commercials, I still basically see vape commercials all the time with the amount of like influencers and pop oh, stars yeah. and people like that that talk about it in their songs and then just uh, vape them on the internet all the time. Yeah. I mean, like just go to high school. I mean, that's like a vape commercial right there. there. <laughs> there was- math
1: class. A Subaru meetup.
0: Yeah, no kidding. There was this um, picture that went viral on Twitter, and it was this huge like, trash bag full of vapes, or at least like a Walmart bag, full of all different vapes of shapes and sizes and colors. And it said, my friend is an elementary school teacher in South uh, California. This is just what they confiscated the other day <laughs> oh or the other week or something like that and it was elementary yes, school you said elementary school where are they getting the money where are they getting those maybe you know, they're just taking them for them from their older siblings that's crazy i don't know I, I wouldn't have even thought of something like that when i was like in fifth grade and right? that's like the oldest you could be in elementary school that's but, wild yeah it's pretty funny um or not really funny but it's it, it yeah, pretty terrible honestly yeah. I, I really hate being out in public and then all of a sudden i'm like oh my god um Grapefruit, lemon, lime. Yeah, it's almost like
2: an assault.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like right? I'm smelling it's like your breath. I don't,
2: I don't want to inhale that. Also, like the whatever
0: chemical is in that,
2: yeah. I don't want is that.
0: that. And also, like I know this has been in your mouth. It's like you just spit on me. Yeah, yeah. wear it's a mask right while down you down do that. Jeez. Yeah,
1: so the, like it's so <laughs> the, the the clouds are obnoxious. Yeah, just, and so the really huge ones. Yeah, and it's like vape. People like pride themselves on their cloud and it's like, what? yeah, Come loser. Did you get, get that, get that. I'm glad that is a
0: little bit. Uh, it's not that bad anymore because have yeah, be the ones it's with the battery packs. The and box it would, mods, I think they call them. Yes. Yeah, so those whole big things. Yeah. In the now it's
2: more just about the addiction. Yeah. The way it the should be, sticks. you know. yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Keep it pure. <laughs>
0: yeah. It has the little, uh, they have the little disposable ones now. Yeah. But yeah, I still don't know if this uh, law is applying to vapes. It doesn't sound like it is. It says, setting out his plan at the annual Conservative Party conference, Sunak said he wanted to stop teenagers taking up cigarettes in the first place. It is currently illegal for anyone to sell cigarettes or tobacco products to people under 18 years old throughout the UK. And um, that's all it says about it. It says Sunak's office said the incremental changes would stop children who turn 14 this year and those younger than that from ever legally being sold cigarettes in England. And um,
1: I'm thinking this has got to have something to do their Their social uh, health care scam is probably going belly up for lack of money.
2: Yeah. um, Well, so we're probably a...
1: trying to they're probably going to try to make old people die faster and hmm. get young people not to get sick in the first place.
2: So, so for a while we I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but maybe a few weeks ago we did a story on a Wednesday night show about how or maybe it was Sunday. What well, it doesn't matter what day it was, but um. About how the UK national healthcare system, I think is what they call it, is failing Not because a and, and a bunch of doctors are protesting, and you know I've been seeing stuff online about um, doctors and nurses striking, and they just, I mean, the whole system is failing, and like it can't be like our, healthcare. The state of healthcare in the United States is pretty bad. Lots of doctors and nurses striking here as well Yeah, I just But it that can't time. be uh, It can't be as bad as it is in the UK And I've even heard some bad stuff about Canada too For sure there's
1: tons of bad stuff to talk about Canada you know? system.
0: Well it makes sense um, it's Anytime you want other people To pay for the worst of society's Worst habits and fattest people And sickest people And just expect it to go on forever I think that Ponzi scheme is going to be over soon um, 603-283-6160 It's Free Talk Live
5: more coming up.
8: Protection. Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. holy state. It's the new 3-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Oh, Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickAss.com.
5: Free Talk Live.
0: live talk radio that you control 603-283-6160 and that's the number you can call to bring up whatever's on your mind 603-283-6160 and in the studio with you tonight it's me bonnie matt and nikki and i wanted to tell you about dash this hour of free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chain Locks technology. There is no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is wi- widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DashDAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Um, and since it is a... Call in talk radio show. I wanted to go straight into the phones. We have major pain on the line. Major pain in Michigan. What's on your mind?
9: Hi, Bunny. Well, I wanted to touch on a couple three topics. One was the tobacco. Two was a uh, Biden's turnabout, and uh, three was a whole nationwide infestation of bug, bed bugs. So but let's start with the tobacco. Um, almost. 15 years ago, I started rolling my own cigarettes because on the factory-made cigarettes, they started putting fire retardant. If you held it underneath the black light, oh, you'd yeah. see these little swirls hmm. of patterns on them. And I'm thinking that's about the same time they started spraying PFOS on the McDonald's wrappers and all the other food. Mm-hmm.
2: What's that? It. So it's like a forever PFOS. chemical? Hmm. Um, it's yeah, in yeah. Um, it's the been, nonstick cookware? Been,
9: it's been proven to cause, every, every 10 years they come out with another 10 things that it causes some, you know, different cancers and whatnot.
2: Oh, yeah. They yeah, just, all sorts of stuff. Just,
9: they, the Air Force just finally got out their lazy ass and started doing a cleanup down here in Oscoda, which is an air base that they had to sell probably 20 years ago because it was so bad. They pretty much gave it away to Connie Coletta Air. I mean, pennies on the dollar. But uh, anyway, yeah, I started rolling my own because I knew that they don't put as many chemicals in the uh, pipe tobaccos as they do the cigarette tobaccos. Hell, when people first started smoking tobacco in this country, the only additive they put on it was they'd spray it with some apple or some pear juice. Hm. Because tobacco is just too damn bitter to smoke by itself. It doesn't taste good if you just pick it off the plant and dry it and smoke it. Hm. Right?
0: I didn't know that. Neither.
9: Yeah, well, the reason nothing else tastes like a Marlboro Red is because they put a little cocoa powder in it.
1: No. Are you serious?
0: I mean, Marlboro Reds are kind of disgusting, though. They're, like, super strong. But anyway,
9: when I roll my own, they cost me a buck a pack.
1: Hmm. That's that's about what I was... Because when I quit smoking, I was rolling my own at the time, too.
2: Isn't that... That's, like, the way every... You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to quit, but... Maybe if I do rollies, I'll just smoke yeah. less and then you yeah. like become like a machine rolling these cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. And It's like, huh, how'd that work out for you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I never did that. I well, um, just I was smoking Marlboro menthols. Or I think they're called Marlboro smooths, Marlboro smooth menthols, something like that. And um, I just needed them to taste like not really like a cigarette, just like burning yeah. gum or something.
9: Well, some people buy those little electronic machines. I knew one guy that had a hopper gizmo. He could dump a whole box of tubes in one side and a few claws full of tobacco in the other side, and it would spit you out of a cart in the smoke. That's Uh, that's pretty cool.
1: It's hardcore.
9: But the guys that get these little uh, handmade jobs, I mean, they'll sit around and they'll make 20, 30 cigarettes, whatever they need for their day's ration, (laughs) and take them with them to work. I just got one of those little hand stuffers, and if I don't have time to sit down and have, make a smoke, well, I guess I don't get a smoke because hmm, yeah. I don't have it right handy in my top pocket.
0: Yep, you're smoking right? a little less if you you know, roll them by hand or with your little contraption where you just roll the contraption, right? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um,
9: yeah I think so. I mean, because you got to basically, my, my, my buddies used to call it my purse. I'd take an old <laughs> tube box, and I'd put a handful of tubes in one end, and my little stuffer thing in that's there, right. and, and a sandwich bag of tobacco. So sure. I always had to carry it on my little purse. Yep. <laughs> so they may tell me for that, but I mean, that only lasts so long. I, I can take, get dog for super things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty. Funny. But anyway,
9: um, what Biden has done is uh, deactivated 28 laws that he has enacted during his term here. And he's going to put, another 20 miles of border wall along the uh, Rio Grande. Whoa. And he says, all the funds are already appropriated. Well, you know who appropriated them? Trump. And they stuck them in a shoebox in the closet the whole damn time. And they took all the materials that he had purchased to build the wall and sold them for scrap at, you know, maybe 10 cents on the dollar. So, I mean, the The right hand don't know what the left hand's doing.
0: The more interesting part about this to me is uh, Biden isn't as pro-open border as people act like. And, um, you know, he isn't as different from Trump as people act like. Well, Trump had a mind
9: of his own. Biden is a tool. Biden is a marionette.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, Donald Trump has never walked in a circle holding his hand out waiting for somebody to shake it. Donald Trump walks up to people who want their hand shook and shakes that hand. Exactly. Joe Biden I mean, walks into the absolute he... blue sky and will shake somebody's hand that isn't mm. standing there. Oh,
0: yeah. There was like a ghost he shook us at the hand of. He's once. done
1: that a lot.
5: He's done well, it, he a Well, he is, uh, you know, uh,
0: closer to the veil, as they say. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice way to say it. Only by well, a few years, though. Yeah, he just seems he, older for some reason. When you deal with people
9: for a living, you get to read them pretty quick. And the Trump is one of those guys that can walk up and shake your hand and look you in the eye and get a pretty good clue who the hell you are right there.
0: If I looked directly Trump look in Trump's eyes, I'd be so creeped out.
1: Yeah, Joe, Joe Biden has always creeped me out. Always. I remember, like, even back in the 90s seeing him on TV, and there was just something about that guy. He wasn't even famous yet. He was just a senator. Hmm. And, you know, hardly anybody knows who the, the senators are, you know, unless they're from your state. But I would see that guy on, like, the news talking to you know Congress or whatever, talking to the Senate, and I would just think, man, there's just something really off about it. He's got those squinty eyes, and he's just...
2: like the, He looks like the kid from, from Deliverance. From Deliverance, he
1: does. Hmm, he looks yes. just like the kid from Deliverance. Like so inbred. Yeah,
9: the inbred banjo player yes. you're yes. talking
5: about? Oh, yeah. yeah.
9: Yeah, he's got a little bit of that going on. I so, think so. But even worse than that, if you look at his record, I'm pretty sure the first speech he gave which made him win the election to become the youngest senator in history, supposedly. <clears throat> there was all kinds of plagiarism in that speech.
1: Not surprising. He's not surprised.
9: done nothing but steal his whole life and try to make it a piece of his own. I just
0: feel like all these politicians probably do that, or at least have someone else write things for them, like their teams. That's not that surprising. But um,
9: Well, there's nothing wrong with borrowing a good idea. But you can't just take somebody's idea verbatim and say, I said that.
0: It makes you look pretty stupid, yeah. Um, Well, one thing I think is pretty more interesting about Joe Biden is our co-host, Mark Edge, has this theory that Joe Biden has had a vendetta against Ian Freeman, our other co-host who's in jail now, for years. And the reason is that Joe Biden came to Keene or... It was it was in New Hampshire, but it was like right here on the border somewhere, and he said hello Vermont for one thing, and that's like funny about it. <laughs> but it's um, like
2: Noah, the the one that's upside down, yeah, close. He did. He called the other Vermont. One.
0: Um, but Ian's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. He was on the border. He probably just you know was in a tour bus or something i don't know but anyways um so he came here and he gave a speech and this was years ago like 2008 or something like that so well no not even 2008 because he was just a senator he wasn't the vp or anything yet so earlier than that like 2006 and ian didn't know anything about him but they went to go try to do some like ambush interviews mm-hmm. and after he gave his speech oh wait it, it wasn't just like um i think it was a talker's magazine no no wait no it, it wasn't sorry i'm mixing things up um, maybe it wasn't that time that he was in Keene that he said, Hello, Vermont, because that happened. But also, he heard Joe Biden talk at a talker's thing. So it wasn't in New Hampshire. So whatever. Ian and Mark, they got to see Joe Biden speak way before he was vice president. And um, Ian didn't know who he was, just that he was a politician. And he spoke. And, he you know, it was a bunch of um, Republican talk show hosts ma- mainly. So there wasn't even very much applause. But um, he stood at the door and was like, Because of that, he went to the door to go shake everyone's hand on the way out and talk to everyone. Joe Biden did. And when Ian was leaving, Mark Edge swears to God, but Ian is like, I don't remember this, but I believe Mark because Ian doesn't remember anything. Um, (laughs) Mark says that he was standing behind Ian and everybody was shaking Joe Biden's hand and kind of like pandering to him even like, oh, I get to talk to this politician. But um, when Ian got there, Mark swears to God that Ian put his hand out and then instead of... Making contact with Joe's hand, put his hand in his hair, uh, like that
5: disc thing. Yes, yeah, like J- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, a Yes, psych. That's what he. Or, uh, Mark that doesn't Edge even sound like something he Ian would that, do. That kind of makes it funnier.
1: That, it does, but I don't. I don't think Ian would do that. I
0: know, but <laughs> it would be great Mark if he did. Edge would like swear to God, like he would put money on it. it that is true that he's not confused and stuff like that. And, anyways, one thing that's interesting about what Joe Biden did most recently is. In the last two days, one day today or yesterday, Joe Biden appointed Seth A. Frame to become um, really, yes, yeah, Seth A. Frame, the prosecutor in Ian's case, that just happened to be promoted and be an appellate uh, judge. Joe oh, Biden,
1: A. Frame's going to be an appellate court judge. Yes. An appellate court judge. Mm-hmm. For, so he cannot obviously hear Ian's no, appeal. That
0: would not be. a huge
1: an... conflict of interest.
0: Yeah. So that's not. But still. What? But it's he got good. A that, that's more
1: proof that they're they're paying really close attention to yes, this case it is. at the it does. top.
2: That is, it is. so strange. And because to me, Mark, I'm like. Because at first I was like, Bonnie, Joe Biden has no clue who Ian is. Like he does not care. Yeah. But that is. But but I would also say, okay, Joe Biden has no clue who Seth A-Frame is. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's just some random prosecutor from New Hampshire. When
0: I saw it, I immediately That's sent it weird. to Mark. And what? I just said, this is more evidence of your claim. That is claim. strange. To,
1: but to, to, well, you know what that is evidence of? That it's very important to make note of for everybody who is into individual freedom is that the people at the top are paying really close attention to crypto and they're not saying anything about it because it scares the crap out of them and there is not a whole lot they can do about it it's the might cryptocurrency might be the most important tool mankind has had against its oppressors yeah. ever you can use it as a currency you can use it to have contracts with. You can use it as a weapon that doesn't fire a shot and will take down Goliaths.
0: Yep. Um. Hillary Clinton was quoted as saying that they're they're terrified of it, or that it's extremely dangerous to the um to the United States. Something like that. I wish yeah, I could find is. the exact quote. It
1: is, and it's not just the United States. It's da- It's dangerous to all. It's dangerous to the banking empire. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's dangerous to the banking empire is dangerous to everything that the banking empire runs. The banking empire runs every government on earth.
0: You had one other thing, uh, Major Payne?
9: Yeah, as far as this judge getting appointed, I mean, if you dance like a good little circus dog, sooner or later they give you an extra biscuit. That's a fact. That's a fact. He got
0: a biscuit um, because Joe Biden didn't get his hand shook. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't know. Well, he's got got
9: a brain trust of 100 libtards around him, and they're not going to let much slip through the cracks. But I I digress on all that. Yeah. Evidently, France has a a nationwide infestation of bedbugs.
5: I saw that about Paris at least.
9: they're so bad that people are finding them crawling on the subway and bus seats and whatnot. They don't Yikes. even want to sit down on public transportation.
5: Terrifying. But the
9: bad thing about bed bugs is they're not, like, getting rid of the head lice or something that most people are used to or, or familiar with, at least. I mean, with head lice, you wash all the bedding and, you know, you treat all the kids' as head and, Kick the dog out for a week or whatever. I don't think dogs can even get them.
0: No,
5: but no, I I,
9: think so. they're relatively simple to get rid of. Now to get rid of these damn bed bugs, you got to treat everything and everybody, and then you got to bring in like a big old house balloon and massive heaters. You got to heat the house up to I think between 150 and 180 degrees for like two to four days. To kill these damn things.
0: That or you know.
9: But if you're living in a unit that has adjacent walls or floors to another unit that's not going to get treated, you're gonna, you're
5: gonna never get them again.
9: Get rid of these damn things.
0: Yeah, they're really bad. And I heard that um, in Paris, the mayor of Paris said, "No one is safe." Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's really creepy. I'm.
9: I. I've never been infested with them. My daughter was once, and. Near as I can figure, you just get little bites all over you, and they're very annoying. I don't think they, you know, are like plague spreaders like the fleas from the rats or whatever. But
1: yeah, they, they, the, the government hasn't it? figured out how to uh, impregnate them. How with, to how to weaponize plagues. them? Yeah,
9: they'll, yeah, they're
1: they're working on it, man. Give them some time.
9: Don't give them no damn idea. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah. I'm sure they had that idea long before you and I talked, my man.
0: Pretty sure they're doing that with ticks. Probably. probably yeah. Well, a lot, there,
1: there's, there's a lot of conspiracy theory about Lyme disease being tracked back to ticks being tracked back to like some Montauk
0: island. island. Yeah. 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 I think you
9: spotted Rocky mountain fever too. I caught that down in Georgia. Ooh. Not far, very far from Paris Island. Matter of fact, well, that's not good. But, uh, I mean, bed, bed bugs are slow and creepy. Ticks are like the paratroopers of, of the bug world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They fly through the air. Yeah. I hate that. Um, the other thing is Paris Fashion They don't fashion fly week.
9: through the air, Bonnie. They have like a cupped body. And they'll I, I sit up in the woods. I know
0: they don't fly. They'll up
9: in the trees in the woods. But they got this kind of like x-ray vision where they can see a living thing from just a regular thing. And so Gross. when this orange or red unit comes walking underneath them, they just jump off the tree and land down and float on you.
0: Yeah, they float and, through uh, the air. And that's e- disgusting. E-
9: even if they miss, if you sit down in eight or ten feet, they'll come stalk you. I remember one time I was sitting on the porch, having sat down to roll a cigarette, like I explained to you earlier, and uh, I look out in front of me about six, eight feet, and there's this big old wood chick, and he's marching right at me like Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Nasty. (laughs)
9: Um,
0: The other bad thing about this bug bed situation is that a bunch of celebrities and models and things like that from New York City and Los Angeles they're in Paris Fashion Week right now, or maybe last oh, week. Oh, so they're going to bring them back to New York. Yeah, that's what I think. Thank you for the call, Major Payne. Um, usually it's kind of like one call, but his topics were pretty interesting, um, and he didn't bore me, so I let him talk about all three topics.
1: <laughs> high five, Bon. <laughs> and high five, Major Payne.
0: Yeah. Um, so going on to our next topic we have here. This is from zerohedge.com, and I thought this was a pretty interesting story that came out today, um, just a couple hours hours ago. Iraq to fully de-dollarize cash transactions Ooh. by year's end. Wow. And what does that mean? The Iraqi government will ban all cash withdrawals and transactions in, the, in U.S. dollars as of January 1st, 2024.
1: Does it say what they're switching to?
0: Hmm, they probably will when we get into it, but I don't see it right here. It says, according to Mazin Ahmed, Director General of Investment and Remittances at the Iraqi Central Bank, Um, the CBI, which is the Iraqi Central Bank, official says that people who deposit dollars into banks before the end of 2023 will still be able to withdraw these funds in dollars next year. However, dollars deposited in 2024 will only be available in local currency, at the official rate of 1,320 dinars. Is that dinars, what they call it? Dinars, yeah. Dinars, dinars. Um, so he, here's a quote from him. He says, you want to transfer? Transfer. You want a card in dollars? Here you go. You can use the card inside Iraq at the official rate. Or if you want to withdraw cash, you can at the official rate in dinars. But don't talk to me about cash dollars anymore. That's a, kind of a weird way to speak for like yeah. some official
1: well a lot of a lot of us cash was f- just absolutely blasted into iraq for decades mm. because they were paying there was a lot of hush money going into iraq there was a lot of um i mean they found bunkers full of 100 dollar bills there were like billions of dollars of Cash wow. when they invaded Iraq the first time. People like, and they put it on the news as if it was you know. Look at what they've been hoarding over here. Well, no, they were burying it. They didn't know what to do with it. They mm-hmm. had too much of it. Like yeah, I right? was it was literally just burying the stuff. They're digging Weird. pits and filling them with hundred dollar bills and putting sand over them, and it couldn't do anything with it. What the heck? Yeah. So it's it's no it's no surprise to me that this central bank guy from Iraq is saying. I don't ever want to see another $100 bill as long as I live. I yeah. can imagine him saying that. It, it makes sense.
0: Um, he also claimed the move is meant to, quote, stamp out the illicit use of about 50% of the one hundred or $10 billion that Iraq imports in cash each year on semi-monthly cargo flights from the New York Federal Reserve. Wh- huh with more than oh yeah you you can use cash to do illegal things did you know that i thought I've it was only heard, bitcoin
1: no i've heard that cash can also be used yeah that's interesting and he says illicit and i wonder what he's alluding to there and i wonder what his solution is there how is the iraqi dinar going to be any different
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Don't they have cash in diner?
1: Yeah, well, usually when they say things like, you know, those little buzzwords like illicit transactions. Oh, what's an illicit transaction? Hmm, sounds like somebody's getting ready to get their rights taken away a little bit Mm -hmm. more.
0: Hmm. Says, with more than $100 billion in reserves held by U.S. banks, Baghdad heavily relies on the goodwill of U.S. officials to ensure the economy doesn't collapse. Furthermore, since 2003, all Iraqi oil revenues have been paid into an account. Um, with the U.S. Federal Reserve allowing Washington to control the Iraqi economy and pressure its government, how is that goodwill?
1: There's nothing goodwill about it. It's military sanctioned from beginning to end, hmm. and it's its ownership. I mean, I, I don't. Something interesting that's happening now is this push toward electric cars, and we won't have the re, the reliant the uh, what do you call it the uh, the reliance on foreign oil anymore. Why are they still protecting Iraq so hard? Because the only thing we could we could think of before when all the stuff was going down in Iraq with a military action was that it was over oil. So why is it so important to s- still have such a hand? Why is the Federal Reserve, you know... Is is this saying that
0: the Iraqi guy, he wants to get less power over Iraq from the U.S. government? He he wants to lessen their power over them?
1: Sounds like he needs to get attacked again.
0: 603-283-6160. You can call him whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up.
7: The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs.
0: As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice.
7: We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people.
0: We want to learn from each other.
7: What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace. Love.
0: And liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual.
7: The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way.
0: Love as your guide.
7: And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com
0: That's church.shiresociety.com talk radio that you control 603-283-6160 is the number for you to call in with whatever is on your mind you can talk about what we're talking about bring up something new it doesn't matter it's up to you it's free talk live and that number is 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie matt and nikki we're continuing on with this story um matt i just wanted you to clarify. at the end of the last segment, you said you think that Iraq needs to get bombed again or something like that. I don't think you meant you want them to, right?
1: Well, of course not. But that's what happens every time a country tries to walk away from the dollar. It's what used to happen. And I think the you know, dollar hegemony. That's what happened here. Yeah, do, dollar hegemony. That's what happened here. That's yeah, right. Yeah, literally,
2: that's what happened here. I yeah. mean, oh, they didn't bomb us, but yeah. they, like, smashed in the windows. Yeah,
1: and-, and, and, and for the people who are holding, you know, propping up the dollar... I'm sure that that will come to an end as soon as whoever controls the dollar or the people who actually issue the dollars will, uh, you know, make wars go away on that front as soon as they choose a new world reserve currency.
0: That's kind of why I chose this story and then thought it was interesting because it just seems pretty um, brave, bold of the Iraqi central bank to decide, yeah, we're going to stop dealing with U.S. dollars, even if it's just cash for now. Seems like something that could get them bombed, or you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Get this specific guy killed or something.
1: It happened with Gaddafi, right? Gaddafi was uh, he was issuing, uh, or he was going to, he was planning to start a North African gold-backed currency.
0: Oh, you can't do that. No,
1: that was a big no-no. No,
0: fiat only. Yeah. Where was that? What country was that? Libya. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, it seems like a. It seems like it would. Definitely get the attention of the United States government. So it just makes me think that Iraq feels they're in a position now where they won't get harmed because of this? Maybe because of um bricks. Yeah, I mean,
2: I don't know. It seems like for some reason, maybe it's just because we live in the US, but the United States military is touted as like, you know, this you know, the, the best military in the world, right? But then if you kinda look at the like scorecard, when is the last time we've won a war? Like World War Two, and that was our us just like, hey, you know, you guys are doing that thing over there. You know, that wasn't obviously like U.S. troops were over there, but that was mainly like they just France and the, you know that was like the U.K. mainly.
1: Yeah, and everybody just kind of so, stopped because the U.S. dropped in a couple of nukes, and everybody yeah. said, "Oh, well, we don't, we don't, we don't got that." Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna so, stop. Uh, this, we're gonna stop schoolyard but bullying like, each other now.
2: When is uh? When's the last time after that? They
1: don't. They they don't. I mean the and I'm they not haven't sh- right. The U.S. No.
0: hasn't won a war well, since World War Two. Sides of every war, yeah, so they've won all of them. I'm not sh- yeah, certain that not the really. the
1: point of you got, You got to remember how much money is at stake when people go to war. Yeah, like, there is of course. so much. There's so. But much I'm work. just saying, these like contractors Halliburton. I mean, these giant. You know the the uh the, the security companies you know Dying Corps and, and and stuff like that
6: well yeah Those people make of course
2: that's why there is war money. that's why that's Keeping why war wars happens. going
1: is very profitable
2: exactly but my thing is how is the US military like that the US is like this world superpower but it's like are they really I don't think so. (laughs) Not anymore, uh, at least. I don't think so. We can't even get people to join the military anymore.
1: Irregulars, like average dudes with guns have been beating the snot out of world-class militaries for centuries. Look at the the revolutionaries in the the pre-U.S. America.
2: Because they really had something to fight for. And
1: they absolutely took on not only the British military, but there were also Germans here. And the French were helping out a little bit, only out of spite against the British, yeah. but only early on and not very much. And, um, you know, they were mostly sending, you know, advisors over, you know, Lafayette, Marquis de Lafayette and people like that. But the the dirty work was being done by absolute yeah, schmoes. peasants. Ab- total peasants.
2: <laughs> like farm Average boys. schmucks
1: hiding behind a tree. You know, yeah. you watch The Patriot with Mel Gibson and he had a loaded yeah. musket hiding behind tons of trees and he would just work the land and wipe out squads. Mm-hmm. And uh, that still happens. And there are old-timey, there. there's dudes all over the world that keep a close track of where the nearest bat caves are because they know they can make powder out of that bat dung. Yeah. And uh, they know how to do it. <laughs> and they're a problem. They're a problem for the average foot soldier. You know, some idiot 18-year-old high school grad who just wants a Camaro out of the deal. He's going to mm-hmm. go get his you know head blown off by some dude who means what he's doing. So,
0: yeah, maybe that's a good point. Maybe um, people aren't as afraid of the United States government anymore. Or I mean, it might be military. like it,
2: it seems like, you know, since Trump, you know, allegedly the word on the street is that we're a huge joke. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, reputation got better since Joe Biden. I mean, if you go and look at interviews of people, especially like Euro- European people. Um and they're like, "Oh, what do you think about like do your best uh, uh, impression of an American or you know, what do you think of Americans?" Uh they don't think very highly of us. You know, they'll probably say something about a cheeseburger or you know, say use like some dumb like fake southern accent or you Just know what. Say like, they're dumb, yeah. Yeah, like it's not like we're not really well respected to the rest of the world, they to think, be honest they, well, with they, you. well
1: they they think there's gunfire on every corner 24 hours a day. Because that's
0: what the news says. Yeah. yeah. It's like, not really, but... um, I don't know if Iraq joined BRICS, though, because I know the eyes India, but there were some, I think, a dozen countries that joined in with BRICS last month, and I don't remember any of them. Well, I remember Ethiopia for some reason. I don't remember if Iraq is one of them. But maybe just BRICS existing is making people think that the United States isn't, you know, the king anymore. That's just what I was wondering. But it says the, the move, the move to get rid of all United States dollars in cash by January 2024, the move reportedly angered Iraqi officials, because this is coming from their central bank, um, who said they need access to their oil revenues to protect... Oh, wait, I skipped something. Um, So apparently on Thursday, the Wall Street Journal reported that U.S. officials last month refused to approve the transfer of an extra $1 billion in cash to iraq from the country's oil sales proceeds so u.s officials were the ones that did it and after the u.s denied iraq's initial appeal last month the central bank of iraq last week submitted a formal request in which the u.s treasury is still considering and that was from an, a senior iraqi official and the move Reportedly angered Iraqi officials, so it's the move of the United States to refuse to approve the transfer of an extra $1 billion in cash to Iraq. So the move reportedly angered Iraqi officials who said they need access to their oil revenues to protect Iraq's cash reserves after recent restrictions from the White House, after the recent restrictions set off panic buying of greenbacks and hoarding of dollars by exchanges. U.S. Treasury officials reportedly told um, Central Bank of Iraq officials that sending a large extra shipment is contrary to Washington's goal of reducing Iraq's use of U.S. banknotes in favor of more easily traceable electronic transactions. Uh So the U.S. is behind this. I didn't expect that.
1: (laughs) I didn't expect that. I did. You did? Yeah.
0: So apparently the U.S. Treasury wants them to do this because they want to be able to trace... Electronic transactions in Iraq even?
1: Iraq should start using Monero.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so like, I looked it up and it um Iraq is interested in joining BRICS, hmm. but I don't think and I think all of those countries that like just joined it, maybe they're not like officially. Hmm. Um, but I don't know if it was one of the twenty four countries. Okay. But um but yeah, this article is uh, basically it's titled Ahead of joining BRICS. Iraq issues ban on the U.S. dollar transactions. So it kind of like ties those two thoughts together, I guess.
0: Wow. Well, apparently the United States government is behind it, too. Uh, It's interesting to me. Why would they need to trace? Well, maybe they're saying that the Iraqi government can trace the electronic transactions, but I'm sure the United States government cares about that because they want to trace it, too. Mm Mm-hmm. With more than $100 billion in reserves held hostage by the U.S., Washington has significant leverage over the Iraqi economy and banking system. In July, the U.S. Treasury sanctioned 14 Iraqi private banks, accusing them of facilitating U.S. dollar transfers to Iran, a country whose economy Washington seeks to suffocate via sanctions, Iran. As a result of this, nearly a third of Iraq's 72 banks are now banned from facilitating dollar transactions. Wow. In 2022, Iraq Central Bank enforced tight regulations under U.S. pressure to ensure dollars do not reach Iran. So it's Iraq. You know, they got to, you know, the people of Iraq have to suffer, I guess. Bank clients wishing to transfer dollar funds must apply through an online platform and provide detailed information on end receipts or recipients, sorry. Before a transfer is approved.
1: I think this is just. I think that's a a clue. That's another clue that. How paranoid falling empires start to get.
5: Yep.
1: Like that. They just want to track and see and. Keep tabs on literally everything in sight. And it's not just us. It's. It's that it's other countries and, you know, things, anybody that they see is under their control, which would be the real takeaway from all of this. There are people in positions of power in Washington and other places who consider other people to be under their control and they're willing to do anything to keep them under their control.
0: Even if you don't live under the government that you think is there to Doesn't protect matter. you it's a different one. Correct. Um. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, I, I, the United States seems to be acting really strangely here. I mean, I've never heard them say we need to be able to track electronically the purchases your, your, your country is making to another country. Right. Um, yeah. But it, it ends with a quote says, "Um, this is the Iraqi MP and member of the Finance Committee in Iraq's Council of Representatives, Hussein Muans, told the Cradle in an exclusive interview in May." Iraq has been and continues to be a slave to the U.S. dollar. Every country's economic strength depends on the strength of its currency. It is clear that Iraq is economically dominated by the U.S. and our government does not truly control or have access to its own money. We believe that it is crucial to move away from the hegemony of the dollar, especially as it has become a tool to impose sanctions on countries. It is time for Iraq to rely on its local currency, he added. And, um... It's pretty interesting when you hear, you know, Iraqi officials using terms that I only ever really hear libertarians using, like, you know, we need to move away from the United States hegemony, yeah, their dollar, um, their control over other countries. Um, yeah, that's the end of that story.
1: Wouldn't it be funny if they did start using, like, dash?
0: Yeah, if they moved or, away or from the hegemony that
1: you know? way. <laughs> it's something that they could use to have privacy with, you know.
0: I really had hope that India or... Russia would do that during the beginning of the Ukraine war because they... They
1: very well may be on some (laughs) level, but you're never going to know about it. Hmm. Um, One thing I would say, I I mean, you would be able to tell by looking at the various blockchains if there's gigantic sums because it costs... Huge amounts to run wars. I mean, you—if you saw a Bitcoin transaction of like forty-five billion or something like, okay, that's probably a government player moving. Hmm. A, you know, maybe that is a war, a war purchase right there. Can
0: maybe. you just see Monero transactions like that?
1: There is a blockchain, but you can't tell. Like, you can't tell much by looking at it.
0: Even how much a transaction is,
1: I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know.
0: Um. Well, that's all from that. I thought that was pretty interesting um moving on we have more in the news here um i thought this was a really interesting story too from the institute for justice so kind of more like good news um the institute for justice does a really good job yeah um and all the things they do um looking out for people who didn't actually get justice in their case and uh they take on these cases for free but this story is from the institute for justice dot com no dot org ij dot org supreme court signals interest in tackling government immunity retaliatory arrest and police immunity cases are getting a second look from the supreme court so on monday the united states supreme court signaled it was taking a closer look at two of the institute for justice's cases involving rogue government officials violating constitutional rights of innocent americans By relisting the cases for consideration at its October 6th conference, the justices indicated that they are interested in issues involving immunity, accountability, and the enforceability of the First and Fourth Amendments. I'm a little confused because if that was October 6th, I don't know. Oh, they're going to consider them then, So, but this article came out on the 3rd. Out of more than 800 cases submitted and considered, the court only relisted 20. So, two of those 20 are IJ cases. That's pretty interesting. The first case asks whether the First Amendment permits claims for retaliatory arrest when the government has fabricated probable cause for the arrest. Gonzalez versus Trevino, Trevino involves a septuagenarian, sub- a, generic, a sev- person in their 70s a city councilwoman from Castle Hills, Texas, which is in the middle of San Antonio. And I used to drive by that every single night on the way to uh, go home with a city of Castle Hills picture that uh, Mrs. Gonzalez is in front of in this picture. It's weird because it's like its own little town, but mm-hmm. it is in San Antonio. And um, like San Antonio police can arrest you there, but also they have their own police. I don't really know Yeah, I've
2: heard that. of that. Um, like Boston has some of those. It's just on where the it's highway. it's like, it's you know i'm trying to think of an example but there are different like
0: enclaves
2: yeah yeah like it's boston but it's really this other place
0: yeah um i what's really interesting is the castle hills cops can't pull you over maybe i'm getting confused about castle hills and um almost park but one time i had almost park cop chasing me in san antonio and once i got to like the end of this like road she stopped yeah they don't have
2: jurisdiction but she
0: wasn't chasing me with their lights on she was being weird she was like chasing me and flashing a flashlight at me and my friend it was so weird but so um, what's
1: happening here
0: sorry yeah i just wanted to say that i know where castle hills is and (laughs) i used to live there that's all but um the first case it's asking whether the first amendment permits claims for a retaliatory arrest when the government has fabricated probable cause for the arrest gonzalez versus Trevino involves a septuagenarian city councilwoman from castle hills texas Sylvia Gonzalez, um, who was thrown in jail for petitioning her government to remove the city manager, a political ally of the mayor and police chief. The mayor and police chief spent two months concocting bogus criminal charges against Sylvia to punish her for her speech. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals over dissents by prominent conservative judges granted qualified immunity to the officials though it expressed regret at having to do so. The case strikingly uh, is strikingly similar to what happened in Marion County when a police chief ordered a raid of the town's newspaper, and that's what we just... Um, oh, wait, that's not the same one. Um, never mind. I was thinking it was the one in Kansas, but no.
1: This happens a lot.
0: Apparently just happens a lot. Apparently, <laughs> I guess Marion County is in Texas. Um, quote, over in this country is allowing bad government actors to silence their critics by putting them in jail or raiding their homes. Qualified immunity allows these bad actors get to get away with it, even though there is plenty of evidence that had it not been for speech, the arrest and the raid would not have happened. The woman's speech about, um, you know, her opinion that they should get rid of the city manager. Um, said Anya Bidwell, an attorney with IJ. Probable cause should not allow the um, laundering of First Amendment violations. In the second case, the question is whether police who violate the Constitution are immune just because the government itself cannot be sued under state law. In King versus Brownback, plainclothes task force uh, um, officers brutally beat an innocent college student, James Keen, or King, after mistaking him for someone else. I.J. is asking the Supreme Court to hear this police brutality case for the second time. I.J. is asking the court to consider whether the failure of tort claims against the federal government cancel out constitutional claims against individual government employees. Not sure what that means, but anytime the cops can get um, held accountable for beating someone. Sounds good. The Supreme Court gave.
1: But who do you sue?
0: Um, I don't know. Are there, I mean, is there
1: criminal charges, or I mean, who who's going to arrest the cops and who's going to sue the? How is that all going to work out? I mean, qualified immunity is qualified immunity, and if that's going away, that's a good thing. I mean, I I hope that means that you can sue a cop.
0: That would be great. It doesn't really say. It says claims against the federal government. I, I don't know because it didn't even say if these were federal cops. It just said plainclothes task force officers. So, well. Um, going on... And if they're
1: undercover, how do you tell who they are so you can sue them?
0: Hopefully they have to say in uh, in the court case. I don't know.
1: This will be an interesting one to watch.
0: Um, another quote from a different um, senior attorney at IJ, Patrick J. Como. The Supreme Court gave the Sixth Circuit a chance to answer this extremely important accountability question, but the Sixth Circuit instead said thanks, but no thanks. Explained, uh, Patrick J. Cuomo. It is clear that without the Supreme Court's involvement, this ahistorical and atextual practice will continue, providing government officials with yet another tool in their already overstuffed immunity toolkit that denies Americans the protection of their constitution. It's crazy. It's crazy that, um, cops can beat someone up who is, um, innocent, as they say, and just you can't do anything about it. That's crazy. The Supreme Court will take another look at both of these cases during the conference this Friday. So I don't know if that means that they have to put something out about it immediately that Friday, but um, it's pretty interesting. It sounds actually related in a bit, to, uh, in a way, to the newspaper story that Nikki, yeah. Riley, and I, and also Ian on another day, talked about because um, the woman, Miss Sylvia Gonzalez in Castle Hills, Texas, she. Did something that pissed off the chief of police in her town, and then they got a search warrant and raided her house. Yeah. That's basically what happened. In and this. I'm sure that
2: happens all the time. Too, right. You know, and it's like, it was pretty dramatic in the other case because the woman died.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, a woman, a woman that was they didn't, the relative. Of, yeah. Yeah. They didn't kill she her. It was it was her house.
2: They um they didn't directly kill her, but she was in her 90s, I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. so she had a heart attack. Um, and she with was. Well, the next day she yeah. passed away. But this lady was, you know, so she upset. Was, well, but she was like standing her ground. Yeah, she the was like, "Don't go were, in there." Yeah, yeah. The cops were like, you know, going through her stuff, and she was like, "What are you doing? You don't have the right to do that." Yeah. In that, and you know, we kind of just commented on it. Like, it pissed me off because I come from. Um, like respecting your elders, you know, unless whatever. Like, obviously, that's yeah. Not, the like, cops
0: are like, "Ma'am, we're doing our job. Stand back." Like yeah, in her own like, house, it was they were so acting annoying. like
2: she was crazy, and yeah. it's like, "Have some decency. Have some respect." You broke into her house, and you're you're rummaging through her like personal belongings. Yeah. Cops
1: beat their wives at a rate of higher than forty percent. Yeah. So And said, they murder old about, ladies. And if you're talking about them giving respect to people, it ain't going to happen. They're just like, you know, the prisons are full of people who are just merely drug addicts. But the absolute psychopaths who belong in prisons, the actual criminals, are smart enough to put on a badge and, for a living.
2: You know what? And I think that is, not to get like super off topic, but I think that's a huge reason why there isn't as much justice for things like rape and domestic violence. For sure.
1: They're all rapists because, and domestic violencers.
2: Exactly. So like you'll see a lot like on like um, not dash cam but like on body cam footage when they're interviewing you know couples that are fighting or whatever in these domestic violence cases you can tell they're like oh yeah, this chick's kind of just crazy. And obviously like an abusive guy is going to be like so easily manipulate the situation. And if like the guys are already in the, uh, you know, in that same headspace where they're like, oh yeah, I totally abuse and manipulate my wife all the time. And I, I smack her around too. And it's like, you know, just stay in line. If they're already coming from that mindset, of course they're just gonna, you know, like I'm thinking of the Gabby. Um, That that YouTuber that was like doing van life with her boyfriend. Yeah, she got there was a there was a traffic stop, um, and and the cops kind of did a a good job in that case because they separated them. But the guy was super manipulative and he totally made it seem like she was just like some you know some crazy girl and whatever. Couple weeks later, he murders her.
0: Yeah, my cousin. Okay, you know Alabama, which is a police state. Um, she called the cops because she was trapped in her bathroom, locked in her bathroom. Her boyfriend was trying to get in there and uh, hurt her. And when the cops came, they arrested her. And yep. um, whenever she was in the cop car with them, the cop uh, looked in his mirror and said to her, he just didn't want you to leave. Yep. Like, wow. Yeah. Yep. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. 603 6160. That's the phone number to call with whatever's on your mind. 603 283 6160. You can bring up whatever you want to talk about um, or comment on what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. 603 283 6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Matt. And Nikki. And I just wanted to thank Prometheus, who is a silver level amphith- amplifier. Being an amplifier means that he gives us money every month to amplify, market, and promote the show. Um, I forgot what the S stands for right now. Support. Support. They added the S. So if you want to do that, if you're interested in helping, like Prometheus, go to Free Talk Live or AMPS, AMPS, amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you, Prometheus. Nikki had a story about parents hitting their kids. Mm hmm. So a few weeks ago on the Sunday night
2: show, we were talking about circumcision. Um, and I'm not going to you know, say that every person on this show would say that circumcision is child abuse. But uh, Captain and I definitely were coming to that conclusion. Yeah. So uh, it's not surprising that I also think that spanking your children is also uh, child abuse. So I want to talk about this because apparently 81% of people Still agree with spanking. You know a mm-hmm. lot. Of, you know you hear a lot of the, oh, well, I was spanked when I was a kid and I turned out fine. Okay, well, clearly you didn't because you're still hitting children, and most people have severe mental and emotional trauma, and you know all sorts of things. Some friend um, said to
0: me recently, like sometimes you just gotta hit your kid, and I was like, you just gotta hit him or something like no, that, and I was like, you I know, know what it to is. Say.
2: Okay, so parents spank their children not to teach the child a lesson, not to. It's Lazy parenting. It's because They're
0: adults... They're getting their frustrated out, frustration yet, out. I think.
2: Exactly. So, like, it's a it's a physical outlet. It's like, you... The parent hasn't done the emotional and mental work to actually be a parent. And, you know, they, they don't have their own emotional regulation skills. Um, and instead of having a conversation with their child or finding another civilized form of discipline or or some way to turn this into a learning experience, um, they hit their children. Um, And then, you know, it escalates from there. Like, some parents only hit their children every once in a while to, you know, for discipline, whatever. You know, you did something really bad and you get spanked. Um, But it kind of... It's like where do you draw the line, right? Like to me, like then you have parents that spank their children like all the time, and then it turns into like very obvious child abuse. So I think I think that's it's just this lazy parenting, and um, it's just people that don't haven't developed those emotional regulation skills. Um, but this article is from the Jai Institute for Parenting, um, and the article says spanking is associated with a myriad of serious potential risks. Not the least of which include developmental delays, harm to the brain, and embodied trauma. Although 81% of Americans approve of spanking as an appropriate method of discipline for children, the far-reaching effects of spanking are both alarming and problematic. So what's going on? Why is spanking a go-to to addressing kids' behavior in the first place? And if it's so bad, why is no one talking about it? First, some empathy. If you're a parent, you know firsthand that parenting is just plain hard sometimes. Even the most gentle, peaceful parent can have days or weeks where they want to throw in the proverbial towel. We know that kids' behavior, be it toddler tantrums, parenting an angry child, or anything else the child brings to the relationship, can be incredibly triggering, not to mention, We have to manage whatever our own stuff we might be dealing with, especially if we're exhausted or otherwise low on the emotional resources. We want our kids to make our lives easier, not harder. I don't know who would ever think a child would make your life easier because they they wouldn't.
0: (laughs) Um, I I mean, I absolutely agree. And I do feel bad for parents when I see a kid throwing a tantrum in a store. Obviously, my first reaction is to be annoyed but yeah. I, I try not to i try to put myself in their position because it's like you can't control it's like a yeah. storm um you can't just make your kid never have a tantrum it doesn't mean you're a bad kid if yeah. you have a temper tantrum at 3 yeah and i think um i i think a
2: certain to a certain extent like the tantrums um could be like age appropriate or developmentally appropriate um but i also think we're seeing a lot more tantrums because of screen time hmm. and there have been uh, you know other other studies that have shown that screen time in like the bright flashing color and the same things with toys that have bright Probably flashing colors. Too. yeah, you know um, I know a lot of people who cannot give their children artificial dyes, you know things like skittles, M&;Ms, whatever because their child it like triggers like ADHD like symptoms, um, extreme anger, Really, you know, so they'll, they're they seeing a lot of like emotional dysregulation and, and they can notice it immediately. If they if they send, you know, their kid with grandma and the kid comes back and they're like, what did you feed them? Oh, you fed them this juice, but it has the artificial dye in it. And parents can, if, if they have eliminated this from their kid's diet, they can pick it up instantly. And they, you know, and it's, and it's not just in their head. I mean, the, the child... I even know children that are like, I can't eat that because I don't feel good when I eat that. Hmm. Um, So it's definitely a real thing. And I think even more so is the screen time because, and you know, like I I think a certain level of screen time and certain things for older children is, is not bad, but I think we're seeing again with the lazy parenting where parents are just way, you know, they're you got both of the parents, maybe even a single mom or a single dad working full-time jobs, maybe working two jobs. Um, and then they're trying to come home and parent their kids and do bath time and dinner and all p- bedtime and all this stuff. Um, and there's just no way for for people to exist in this way. So you put your kids in front of the TV or you, you give your kid the phone or the tablet and it makes your life a heck of a lot easier. And some of the stuff is educational. It seems like it might be a good thing. Um, but the bright flashing colors, the you know rapidly switching from scene to scene and you know, from from picture to picture. That young children's brains are not supposed to be seeing that.
1: Neither are adult brains.
2: Probably not. That. And that's why, you know, TikTok's a huge thing, right? Oh, no, it's yeah. awful. So you know, people don't have the attention span anymore. And I think
1: it's a dopamine hit after a dopamine hit yeah. after a dopamine hit. It's a, it's a drug addict. It's a drug addiction. Yeah. It's just a dopamine addiction. Uh,
2: absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's sensational and whatever, you know, all these things. And that's why people get addicted to TV. But I think it's even more harmful. With the young brains, I mean, like, we're seeing, like, babies looking at phones.
0: Because their brains are just not going to be able to be wired correctly anymore. No. Because they learn to be wired incorrectly. No, and,
2: yeah, they're supposed to be, like, looking at real things. Like, they're supposed to be looking at siblings and mom and dad and, you know, like, especially like a young baby, I mean, you can place them under a tree or your face up, place them just outside and they'll look up at the clouds and the tree and the leaves and that will be plenty entertaining for them so their their brains i don't want to call them primitive because i do think you know babies do have a certain wisdom to them but um but they don't need all like the bright flashing you know crazy cartoons I think that is really doing children a disservice. And I think that's why we're seeing so much of those tantrums. And, you know, you talk about the terrible twos, but that's kind of creeping into like three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, where like all like that period is becoming really, really difficult for children. And I think it has a lot to do with like the, the crap they're putting in foods and, um, you know, in, in the screen time. So I'll, I'll go back to the article, um, So first they say, you know, well, we're going from the part where they're saying we want our kids to make our lives easier, not harder. And nobody would ever think that Mm -mm. Um, that desire for things to be easy is completely normal. However, while spanking kids might seem to get us the behavior we desire, the effects of spanking simply aren't worth it. There is another way. Believe it or not, with practice, the other way usually becomes much easier than spanking. Even better, it produces, a much, it produces much better results for both parent and child. Well, of course for child, because they're not being abused. Um, consider these reasons parents spank and their counterpoints. Parents spank for many reasons. Some parents learned to spank from their family of origin.
0: Yep, I, I think about that a lot. It's like, oh, it's fine because my parents spanked me.
2: Well, and that's, you know, that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, I was spanked and I turned out fine. And, and, and then the other point that people like to bring up is like, well, that's why everybody's so soft nowadays. That's why we have all these snowflakes. Mm, yeah. Because um because these kids aren't hit enough.
0: And I just don't. Yeah. There's so many times when there's a bad kid that somebody around me will say that kid's bad because they don't, that kid doesn't get hit enough. That, or just it's like, like. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't. That's just not the case, I don't think. And no, it's, it doesn't make kids good kids to be hit we were only spanked once in a very blue moon like if we did really something bad i think i only got spanked like twice in my entire life and people are always commenting that me and my siblings were just like exceptionally good but you guys were also homeschooled right
2: um and you probably had a very involved mother
0: yeah and we weren't vaccinated most of us yeah
2: yeah so and that's another thing i think the vaccines also um brain melt yeah yeah So, um, consider, our history doesn't need to be our destiny. There's a path forward. Some parents may misunderstand child development and appropriate discipline methods to match that development. Consider, resources are available to support adults in learning about what children need at various stages. And I think that's another huge issue that people... I saw somebody on the internet the other day. If you need to read a parenting book, you're an idiot. It's common sense. Well... Not really. I mean, if you were doing anything, you would maybe want to read a book on it and mm-hmm. learn a little bit about it yeah. before you're going to do it. I mean, you're raising this human being. I mean, even just like medical stuff. I mean, like having a newborn. I mean, like even just all of the the questions that might arise, like, is this normal? Is that normal? I mean, it's a totally new thing. And then when they get older and you have to essentially raise this human being and teach them everything they're going to know, that is a huge responsibility. Yeah, Why wouldn't you want to take some sort of class, or like read a few books on that? There's the, always... the
1: the peaceful parenting contingent in the Liberty community is pretty big. Yeah, I mean there's a, there's lots of people you can reach out to and ask them about. I mean, um,
2: I mean Google it. Like it's Google, 2023. I know
1: John Bush is was yeah. huge on that, and uh, John and, and Katt, he has
2: a whole uh, homeschooling curriculum that yeah, he does yeah, with. Yeah. Um, that's right. Ron free, Paul. free
1: plug for John. No, no that's uh, Tom Woods. Tom Woods and Ron Paul, the Ron Paul curriculum. Really? Yeah, but John Bush has a thing going on too. Yeah, I think it's he called also building
0: and, and separate or build in. And... Well, I get his emails for the homeschool thing, so oh, maybe I was confused about oh, that. Maybe
1: he maybe he's a part of the, the Ron Paul thing now, but
2: no, um, I I don't think I. It was just um, from John Bush. It didn't have anything to do with Ron Paul. Yeah, his oh. is called like confused
0: build and, separate and build or something like that. I don't think it's the word separate, but mm. something like that. Hmm. But um. Yeah, anything you want to do, you should get it, gain as much knowledge about it as possible before doing it. So I don't see why anyone would say that. Today, my friends were laughing at me because I didn't know if the baby takes weeks to open his her eyes or because she just w- had her eyes closed the entire time I was holding her for like an hour. Yeah. I was like, do you, they open their eyes immediately? And they were like, oh, yeah, she opens her eyes all the time, like when she's really annoyed if you move around too fast. Mm uh then she'll open her eyes but they thought uh, they were laughing me because they were like well she's not a puppy (laughs) well i mean so i didn't even know that till today really yeah but it's like if
2: you have never interacted with like a newborn like a brand new baby yeah how would you know that yeah so you know and there's so many little things like that that you don't even consider people are always like shocked that babies have fingernails Oh, wow. You don't think about their fingernails. And they do. They have really long fingernails because they're growing in uro the whole time. But it's just like little things like that where it's like, yeah, you know, you're not going to be like, you know, a bad parent if you don't know that your kid's coming out with fingernails. But Mm -hmm. just little stuff like that. It's like it's you don't learn about that until you're a parent. And like certain things like with childcare, it's like, yeah, or even like psychology and, you know, child developments like you should.
6: You should research that
2: before having a kid, because who knows, you might hate kids and you might think this whole thing is dumb, but like you should probably look into it first.
0: I mean, learning everything. Yeah. I don't know how you could just think it's common sense to just know everything about another human being that you've never met before. And taking care of them.
2: It was also like a very clearly like ghetto trashy person that was, called commented- yeah. <laughs> it was like a, a comment on like a random Facebook thread. So oh, okay. it like wasn't anyone of like intelligence saying that because yeah. no one of intelligence would ever say that learning something is bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like learning is good. It's okay. It's okay to want to master something and to, and to learn something.
0: Facebook is the ghetto of the internet. So. Oh,
7: absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what are the effects of spanking if so many people are doing it? Can it really be that harmful? unintended effects of spanking it slows development children grow best developmentally and otherwise when they feel safe to do so children who feel emotionally safe don't have to expend energy on self-protection so maslow's hierarchy of self right like basic psychology among the effects of spanking however are children who suffer or fear suffer the fear of being hit smacked, swatted, or any other terms adults use to mean spanking. Switch. Yeah. Give uh, me a switch. This fear is in direct opposition to children's growth. In fact, it is a strong force against it. The effects of spanking resultantly are that the child's IQ in development slow to a, uh, to a lower rate than a child's would otherwise experience, which kind of makes sense because, yeah, like if you go back to like Maslow's hierarchy of self, like if you don't feel safe, how are you going to
1: explore? Yeah. Do things.
2: How are you going to learn There's if even, you don't feel safe?
0: Um, not evidence, but like proof that cells don't do as well in your body if you're stressed, because yeah, it's the same absolutely. as like um, Dr. Bruce Lipton compares it to a cell as its own little city Mm-hmm. And if the city is like just waiting for any day for war to break out, they will be less productive. The yeah. e- eco- economy is going to be less robust. It's the same thing in the cell that's waiting for disaster.
2: Yeah, I know. That's a great way to put it. And it's like our body is composed of a bunch of cells, and those, you know, create tissues and then organs and then the, an entire organism, right? So, I mean, it's no different. Like, yep. if you break it down to the cellular level, like, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely going to affect
0: and a baby everything that's stressed about out, us. Yeah. Or a kid even that's stressed out thinking, um, like sometimes my mom used to say, go pick me a switch as a, not a joke, but like a, she would never actually hit us with a freaking long vine. Yeah. That's what that is. But uh, she would say that to scare you. Yeah. So maybe that was developmentally bad. I don't know. Um, because if you're just like afraid, is she going to really do it? Or like, go get me my wooden spoon. But she never. Oh yeah,
1: the wooden spoon was big in my house. Yeah, Yeah. never once got swung, but
0: just got threatened. Right. It was more
1: of a meme than anything. But she would do it with a big smile on her face, like I get the
0: wooden spoon. Right. And my dad would. This was just like totally a joke. My dad would take a belt and make a slapping noise with it. Yeah. But that was actually just a joke. Like I don't even think he. He would make a joke that if we were bad that he would hit us with the belt, but he wouldn't actually do that. Yeah. And I think stuff like that, I mean, whether
2: that's going to like, you know, developmentally, you know, delay a child, I I, I don't know if that would really do anything.
1: I am extremely screwed up from that. From the spoon? No. (laughs) No, not at all. I was kidding.
2: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I I think when your parents make those empty threats, it kind of like does become a joke. And it's like after a while, it's like, you know, by the time you're like seven years old, you're like... Oh, all right, he's doing the belt thing again. Right. Like, you know, but it, it does, it, it sends a message like, okay, they don't like what I'm doing, like whatever.
0: But if if your parents actually do spank you and you're just waiting for the next time you get yeah. hit by your mom, then I can see it shutting down your system. Yeah, so you're like constantly in that fight or flight mode. And like just, um, you're brain becoming more intelligent so whatever mechanism that is that causes you to have a high iq i can see that being lower on the level of things your body needs to get done like it's working on digestion and everything else so it's gonna, you know disregard that for a while because it's in a stressed position
2: well and like stress affects like everything so it's like yeah it affects your ability to retain information it affects your immune system It, it affects so many things so like health intelligence, everything. Um, so some parents argue that spanking only when their child is very young or only when the parent is no longer angry is an acceptable way to use the corporal, corporal punishment. Science disproves that hmm. there's no situation ever when spanking doesn't provide far more negative and damaging consequences than the sometimes perceived win of changed behavior. Delayed development doesn't make exceptions for when the adult argues that the spanking was fine. Unintended effects of spanking. It harms the brain. The effects of spanking include a decline in children's mental health. Their brain literally can't function as well as it otherwise would. A child's subconscious simply can't comprehend that the same adult who loves them would physically harm them. Which doesn't Hmm. make
1: any sense at all.
2: No. And and I I use this example all the time because people always try to defend spanking. I'm like, if I smacked Matt in the face, you'd be like, that's abuse. Like, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. He's an adult. Oh my gosh, he's an adult. So he was doing
0: what Nikki didn't want him to do.
2: Yeah, so I'm just disciplining him. (laughs) yeah. So, so I can't hit this grown man, but I can hit a little child? Hmm. Make it make sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. And it's like, okay, so it's just okay because you're targeting someone that's weaker than you? <laughs> oh, because you own them? Because you're their parent? All of these philosophies are completely disgusting, and and it's just surprising because you will get libertarian-leaning people, people who believe in peace and freedom, allegedly, who are defending the baby. Yeah, yeah. It's like (laughs) what? So, so I can't hit you. Like we, we. It's like you understand war is bad. You understand that like hitting other adults is bad. That violence is bad. Like these people who believe in the non-aggression principle. But somehow spanking is different because it's, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how people can like do the mental gymnastics
1: to. It's where people learn bad social habits in the first place. Parents taking out stuff on them and
0: yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I take notes over here for the after show stuff where I write um, about little segments of, or little subjects that we talked about on the show. And I wrote 81% of people approve of beating kids. Yeah, I mean, apparently, Yeah. yeah, so kids are literally wired to pursue
2: connection with their trusted adults. We see it from the first moments of the child's life where they seek the warm embrace of their mother searching for her eyes and her breast. As they grow, kids will continue to try to connect with her no matter what, even if it's damaging to their well-being. That is so sad. Hmm. Needless to say, spanking isn't exclusive to mothers. The point is that children biologically and naturally crave their primary caregiver's love, no matter who it is. A child's mental health, damaged by spanking, is not easy to recover once the relationship has suffered. Even a decade later, a child who was spanked only as a toddler may still be suffering the repercussions. Furthermore, their behavior may actually deteriorate years later as a direct result of their prior corporal punishment.
1: They become cops.
0: Oh, yeah. What do you think? Do you want to come on uh, Free Talk Live and defend hitting kids? Please do, because I would love to hear the other side of the story. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and we actually have full phones right now. Not completely full, I guess, but um, a lot of people on the line right now. 603-283-6160, we still have room for you. Um, 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to get on the air with us. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Matt. And Nikki. And we um, are talking right now, well, we were talking about spanking kids is not good for them. Did we finish that uh, story, Nikki? Just a little bit more. Okay, um, let's get into it after we talk to Law Dog from Michigan. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, how
10: you doing? I uh, I checked the crypto six things out there, so uh,
0: he ain't got eight
10: years, huh? Yep. Uh, I, I think I think he will be pardoned before his appeals run out. What do you think, Bonnie?
0: Oh, um, you mean pardoned by Joe Biden?
10: Oh, not by that turd, no. Yeah. Um, somebody else will be in there. Because it's only one year to the um, uh, one year to the election there, so it'd be January of 25. I think that would be, uh, you know, one of the first things they could do is pardon the crypto six.
0: Um, it'd be nice. I mean, that'd be cool. I don't really think that's going to happen. What makes you think that's going to happen?
10: I don't know, but I'll tell you what. Uh, somebody out there at Vegas, one of the houses of Vegas, should put a line on that. And we can we can bet. I, I bet you he's going to be pardoned by the time uh, uh, his appeals run out.
0: People so keep asking me, um, what if we talked to Vivek Ramaswamy or some other presidential cam, uh, candidate? And honestly, I would rather Ian win his appeal than... Me have to feel like oh thanks Vivek Ramaswamy for the rest of my life. I'd I'd way rather you just win the. Well, you don't even have to show any
10: gratitude. You know, it doesn't cost you anything not to. But the thing about it is, it's just you know just wait because it's a matter of principle. You're you're putting personalities and anger in front of this, and that's just not doing any good.
2: Um, I I think it would be really beneficial. I mean, yeah, that would be great if he was pardoned. Um, I won't hold my breath, but I think that'd be wonderful. Uh, but it would also be very beneficial for this to go all the way, you know, through appeals. Most likely, if if it's appealed, it will go to the Supreme Court, um, and I think that could help a lot of people. Yeah. If if that turns out, and like if if we do it that way, um, I think that would be a really good precedent.
0: Well, thank you for the call, Law Dog. Um, I wanted to know why he thought that, but it seemed that he was kind of just guessing as well. But let's uh, move Wishful on. Wishful thinking. Yeah,
1: it's positive. Let's keep it there.
0: Yeah, um, let's move on. Um, we have David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Raw dog. Yeah.
4: Hey, raw dog. The par- the pardons, uh, raw dog. They usually come at the end when the president's a lame duck, and that's typically after eight years.
0: Yeah, but Ian so, didn't shake thought... Joe Biden's hand, and he gave him the hairy hand. So.
4: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Raw dog and um, talk radio. You control. All right. You know, hey, that spanking thing, Nikki. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. Uh, nobody should spank, slap, hit a, a child. Everybody knows the spanking is for wives and girlfriends or both. Oh, my God! Are
0: you a cop now, David? Huh? Are you a cop now?
4: I ain't, co- I ain't copping to nothing, man. I didn't do it.
0: <laughs> is there a, something that's actually on your mind tonight to talk about?
4: Yeah, talk radio. You control, so I'm calling to troll you.
0: Oh, you can troll. Oh, control. He was saying that yesterday. Ba-dum-bum. Is that Where, really all you re- had, David?
4: Where, oh, I got more than that, but that's, you might as well quit your head, huh? Okay. I think you, I think I'm, yeah, I think oh. I'm ahead. You probably think in the hand.
0: Thank but, you for yeah. the call, David. Um, <laughs> yeah, talk radio, you can troll. troll. Yeah. They sure do. So great. All right. Sarah in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, Sarah?
11: Oh yeah, I was to bring up this. Uh, I was just amazed at the New Beginnings Church they sold their old building to the Maverick uh, gas station, and then it turns out they um um their space is the old movie theater, and they winded up owning the whole shopping plaza, the the, the whole church? property. Yes, and so they're they're renting from the the, the church. I saw two huh. signs. And uh, I'm just, uh, I mean, it just, I mean, it just behooves me because uh, the church caters to like, um, like homeless. They have homes. Their emphasis is giving food box. I mean, their congregation is pretty poor. I mean, I've been to that church. I didn't see any wealthy uh, members. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, how does this be? You know, they wait. Have I'm more- confused.
0: there. do you think people become extremely rich by? renting commercial space in this economy
11: No, no, no. before it was just a, a regular church there was no rental space now they winded up having a um a movie theater they turned into church and they wind up buying like a there's 30 businesses according to the whole property they wind up owning that i mean so
2: what do you think but- they're doing with the uh with the revenue
11: well, they, they have they, they have four women's home and then they have four men's halfway homes, and then they have a place where they give out free food and clothes for the homeless. But the irony of it, most of the congregation that go to the church are poor people that need help. That um, that's what I'm bringing up. That's how how ironic they winded up owning this whole property. Yeah, I don't so, think maybe you know. I maybe mean?
2: that's why. Um, because I know. Yeah, I, I've. I'm familiar with the church because of you calling in and talking about it. Um, and it it does seem like they're actually, get, you know, some churches definitely aren't, aren't good and they're kind of money hungry. Um, but this one, I mean, it does seem like they're doing, you know, quite a bit for the community. And I think that's awesome. So maybe since most of the people that are going to the church are low income, they probably don't have a lot of money to donate to these causes. I don't hmm. know how else they do, like outsourcing and funding and stuff like that. But maybe the uh, the rental properties, uh, maybe that is funding all of these homeless shelters and, and food drives and whatever else
11: they're doing to try to help the community. Yeah, so the, my whole point is that, you know, God can work a miracle. You know, the, the way that our logical mind, uh, it only makes sense if all the congregation were wealthy, all the people, well, how could this church prosper as much as it does unless it's blessed? So it's irony, you know what I mean. Whatever we think that is, it is. It doesn't make much sense to God. I mean, the God's ways of doing things and blessing and giving are completely contradictory to what we think is supposed to be. So Maybe that Sarah mean, is I mean, saying
0: that this is a good thing that they own these rental properties. No, that's what whole, it seemed like. This... I mean, I
11: think it's.
2: Uh, I don't. I don't have any. I thought she was saying it was bad. It. She
0: said it behooved her.
2: I think she was just surprised. Right.
0: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, it's right. a nice it's like a uh, nice way to think
2: of it. You know, blessing, blessing from God, probably.
0: Well, Sarah, actually, I do have no. one uh, question for you that's a little off topic from this church thing. Um, what do you think about Ted Libre, the caller from last night, saying that we don't owe you a single penny, or a single thing, not even a bus ride? What do you think about that, Sarah? He was talking about you.
11: Yeah, I, I think he has got... Why should we give him anything for free? You know, when he. Um, you know, hit sixty two. He probably wants Social Security and Medicaid. If no. he has a, an accident, or he he could be if he got he could hit by a car, he might be on disability. And, uh, why should we give him anything? It's always uh, everybody's taking something from from you, but they never think that you're the one that's going to be needing help and getting um, help of somebody else.
0: This was a guy. Thank you for the call, Sarah. But this was a guy who called in last night saying people should stop paying taxes and. um stop supporting the government in any way he's really upset about ian freeman getting taken to prison for eight years so i, I really... kind of
2: like his stance on that he was like this is our f- i yeah. i just love self-responsibility so for him to be like this is my fault this is your this is if you're you know if you're paying taxes this is partly your fault yeah um i mean it, it kind of like an aggressive way to put it but i mean he has a point yeah you know and i do like that aspect of like yeah, like, let's take some responsibility for the system that we're living in. You know what I mean? Like... More people need to do it.
0: I agree. Yeah. And then he, then he closed his uh, call with saying, we don't owe Sarah one thing. Not even... Not, yeah, not he one had thing. beef with Sarah, for sure. Not even a, a bus ride, he said. All right. Um, going back to Nikki's story, we're talking about people hitting their kids. So... uh Punishment isn't necessary, surprise,
2: surprise, but teaching is. Okay, so so this is the um title of the section. I skipped over that. Some parents wonder how to punish a child if they're not spanking them. And the
0: answer might surprise you.
1: You yell at them really loud. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. exactly.
2: Yeah, that's not traumatizing at all.
0: I saw something about that today, too. That yeah, it's also absolutely. Just as bad, but it's pretty obvious to but, me. And it's not even just Pararizing. the yelling.
2: Yeah. Um, Like, I remember, and I'm not saying that my parents were abusive. They totally weren't. But I remember as a child, and my sisters will say the same thing, too. My dad didn't yell. It was almost like he didn't even, like, almost care enough to yell. But he would talk in this real, angry, low tone. Hmm. And it's like, you know, when Pa starts doing that.
1: That forced you to hear him because you couldn't ignore it because he's being quiet enough where you have to shut up and listen to every word.
2: Hmm. Yeah, but, like, you knew he meant, but, like, you knew he was real peeved yeah when he you know it's like oh when he starts talking like that it's like you better stop whatever you're doing or run or something you know and it but like we still remember i mean my like you know i'm 25 my sisters are in their 30s and like we all still remember like so there's certain things like even though it wasn't physical abuse you remember it and like i don't know what sort of trauma that gave me maybe none but i remember it and that's kind of the point where it's like Even yelling at your kids, I mean, like, all of it's bad, and there there has to be a better way. So, J Institute of Parenting, what is the better way? If you wonder, how will kids know they've done something wrong if they don't feel the pain of some sort of consequence? Further, you might wonder, do you mean that I should go from spanking to dot, 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 nothing? How is that going to work? Peaceful parenting is not permissive. Children do need boundaries. The difference lies in the connection-based relationship, realistic consequences, parenting without punishments. Many parents, many parenting support resources can offer you ideas about everything from empowered discipline methods to anger management strategies. Indeed, consequences do exist in gentle parenting, but not in the way that many parents realize. Be it for toddler discipline or working with an older child, the consequences applied in peaceful parenting have no long-term negative outcomes and are still highly effective teachers. Positive, empowered parenting requires a reframe from wanting children to behave because they're afraid of what might happen if they don't to parenting them in a way that helps them naturally want to collaborate with their caregivers. It requires a shift from violence, which is anything that causes physical, emotional, or spiritual harm, to nonviolent communication strategies. Indeed, it is a major shift. It's also completely within your reach, no matter your history, and it's never too late. Some parents might wonder if a connection-based relationship where adults and children mutually want to do well for each other is even possible. I invite you to be open to the idea that it is possible. I also invite you to, with an open mind and an open heart, consider the possibilities of what that connection might feel like. Repair and recovery is always possible. The negative effects of spanking may be many folds, but so are the positive effects of healing. And I love, I mean, that's pretty much it here, but, like, I love that concept of, like, it doesn't need to be a punishment. I like reframing it into, like, teaching experiences. You know what I mean? Like, this is an opportunity for learning and growth. Um, And I think, like, the fear-based parenting, and, like, listen, this is how we, you know, have this world full of spineless statists, right? Because, like, from childhood... Even their parents are teaching them like that, the the, the person that's essentially taking care of you is, you know, you need to fear them and you need to obey them. And you, you question it. Well, why? Because I said so. Yeah. And that's the same crap that the government pulls on us. And those, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, the government, they're here to protect us with the military. They're here to, to you know, feed us when we're poor and provide us health care. And, and even though
0: they do some really terrible, awful things, well, you can show me a million examples of them doing really terrible, awful things, but we need them. They, they need to be bad in order to keep people in line. That's how people rationalize it. And it's the same. I mean, you can like even pull religion into
2: this where, you, you know, you have the stories of God, like. Smiting children and mm. like drowning villages and whatever else happened in the Old Testament, you know it's like, you know my my you know the the person or whatever the the deity the entity that you're worshiping the most is like this evil guy that is Raining like
1: sulfur on your wife. Yeah, right. like, turning your wife what? into a pillar of salt. So
2: I mean, that makes like the child abuse that some, you know, like I mean, that makes it seem like pretty, pretty low level, you know. And then, so, so yeah, I, I think it's just conditioned in us from a young age. Um, and I don't think that's beneficial.
1: So, at but all. I mean, what do well, you know? I mean, what, when we have kids, I, I mean, what if we just skip the rototiller and just have our kid pull the plow? I mean, we got to teach them a work ethic somehow, right?
2: I mean I I uh, but would, what that is be, that, that, would that? Without be that be abusive. Know, it wrote a no. It, it's like like a gardening tool. Mm. It, it like tills the the soil. Um I don't think that working is abuse.
1: All right. So they can pull a No, plow. I
2: think like my point is like don't yell at your kid. I mean it's hard. I I mean I I I yell. What about about
1: working a kid as punishment? Go stack wood.
2: That's well I, but I think that might be I think there's a way to reframe that from punishment to learning experience. So I think, you know, whatever needs to be taught based on the action of the child that was undesirable. The the learning, you know, the what happens next, like that learning experience needs to be relative to, you know, so like if the kid breaks the TV then it needs to be some like okay well then you're gonna have to
0: like fix the TV or
2: either fix it or you're gonna have to to, like yeah work to to pay it back you know what I mean or you know I have I've heard because this was actually a real scenario in a mom's group and apparently the broken TV happens a lot, especially in homes of boys who like to throw, you know, things in the, in the living room. I accidentally threw um, a
0: Wii remote at my dad's like not very, um, old flat screen TV yeah. when I was like 12 it happens. and I wrote in my diary, I was like, I am so afraid like I'm going to be in trouble when he gets yeah. home, but he wasn't mad. He, I mean, it was a, a legitimate accident. Yeah. I even had the bracelet on, but I didn't tighten it. Yeah.
2: See, so, so it happens, you know, um, But I, so in in the mom's group, like people were like throwing out because this lady was like, what do I do? This is like the third TV they've broken. Um, And that one of the things was, well, you just don't, don't have a TV anymore. If you want, like keep one in your bedroom and lock your bedroom door. But like, that's a natural, it's a natural consequence, right? If I go and get drunk and crash my car, bye-bye car, I don't have it anymore. So like, that's a natural real life consequence of if you break something in and it's destroyed, then you don't have one anymore. But if mom and dad just like, great, I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to spank you and then buy a new TV. That doesn't teach the kid anything at all, but maybe working, to, or even working for your parents like obviously most like young kids can't get a job but it's yeah. like stacking wood you know it's like okay you're gonna have to do some extra chores I I think that that is actually a productive learning experience
0: what about I had another question whenever um, the question was brought up in the article and they said what is the better alternative to spanking and yelling at your kids for some reason it's just memory kind of popped in my head from when my little brother was like four and three and i always felt that it was wrong that i would do this but i would um if he was doing something bad i would (laughs) kind of emotionally manipulate him i would just be like jacob that makes me sad when you do that because he really loved me like Mm -hmm. he really liked me and i would kind of emotionally manipulate him a lot like to go do something for me or um but it what if it's is that really bad you think for a punishment Um... like that makes me sad when you do that I mean Jacob. I've seen so like this is kind of a different example,
2: but like people do that with babies and like toddlers so like if the kid bites you you're just like ow that hurts hmm. like or or if the kid hits it's like no like that makes me sad hmm. when you so I would think that like but unless it's a lie you know hmm. Sometimes it was a lie. like Yeah, like if you're like manipulating him to do things, then like that's probably not good. But if, little, if he was doing something undesirable, like being, you know, something that
0: would be perceived as bad, you're like, don't do that. Like that makes me sad when you do that. Yeah. Well, that see, I don't think that's that bad. But I, I would also like he wanted to be a cop when he grew up because he watched Paw Patrol. <laughs> and you're like, that makes me sad. Yeah, I was like, Jacob, the cops are bad. And he's like, no, they're not. They're not bad. And Jacob, I would,
1: you're not too old to abort
0: i would tell him oh i would tell him uh the cops hurt me the cops came to my job and they hurt me because they got me in trouble jacob no they- that
2: is like totally a, a learning like that is yeah. like that is, i think that's perfect that is like a teaching experience
0: and i changed his mind but now he thank wants to be god a lawyer that's better better it, does he want to be a fence a defense attorney at <laughs> i don't least? think he
2: knows about any of that stuff How, yeah, is he like really young still but anyways so no i i think that's fine I, I I think my biggest thing especially when it comes to like the spanking um is like have a discussion. Maybe you know it, it's hard. It's hard to communicate with people, you know, like language is weird. Like it's it's hard to express your feelings. Um but I think like even like even if you say the wrong thing, like even if you don't say the perfect thing to your kid, trying your best to like have a conversation and explain something to them Um, and like, cause even that's like a teaching experience enough, like if the kid does something that you don't like or is bad or is mean or whatever, if you like sit down with them and like try your best to explain it, that is worlds better than yelling at them or having some sort of like emotional outburst or hitting them. I mean, so even if like you don't say the right thing, I mean, it can't be worse than hitting them.
0: And it's just good probably for the parent themselves because I've never been a parent, but I've been a sibling and My little sister who lives with us, uh, lives with me now, she is only four years younger than me. But when at this age, at this time in our lives, when I was out of the house and she was still a high schooler, she would come to my house a lot and I had such a bad temper. The federal government even sent me um, to anger management issues at this time for a different thing, nothing related to my family or siblings. It was because I cussed out a cop. And um, (laughs) but I really did have like serious anger issues at the time. Yeah. And um, anything she did that was, like, a little bit annoying to me, we, were, I, I, we weren't we were really fighting because she's really passive and nice. It, I would just find myself in a horrible mood like, all the time. Like, irritable and cranky? I was mean? so irritated with her all the time because she would just do things wrong and, um, like, just mess things up. She'd be at my house a lot because we'd be hanging out a lot, like, after she got out of school. And then she—like, if I was treating—if I felt like that all day, like, I just had to realize— that feeling like that all day was my problem. It wasn't that she is yeah. dumb and does everything wrong, and that it was hurting me. And absolutely, like because it, it doesn't feel years. good. To,
2: like whenever I, because I, I know what you are talking about. Like whenever I am like cranky or whatever, like after I feel really like stupid, hmm. I, or at the very least, I don't feel good about it. I am like, wow, you know, I like. Yeah, it's not a good feeling to, because it kind of like takes the power away from yourself, right? Like when you're uh, like almost a victim of your emotions, that doesn't feel good. It's like, wow, like that feel like it feels like a weakness. Yeah, almost.
0: Yeah, and I just feel like that's kind of how parents, some parents just walk around all day, um, you know, just angry at their kids and yelling at their mm-hmm. kids. And, and you really are a victim of your emotions if you have to scream. Yeah. Your kids. I um. I had one
2: parent who their child is grown now, like in their twenties, and they told me this story of they only ever hit their kid once, and that the kid might have done something, you know, really bad, undesirable, whatever. Um, and they gave them like a few spanks, and then the, at, at the third one, the kid was like, "Stop, stop, stop!" Like begging, you know, like begging, like please stop, please stop. Um, and to this day, I mean, this person told me this story recently. The, it's almost like and the kid, the kid told me like, they don't remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, the kid that's in their twenties is like, I have no, I have no recollection of this at all. Uh, but the parent remembered it and they felt so much guilt inside. I like 20 years later, they were still like, I feel so sorry I ever did that. Like that was like the worst thing I did as a parent. Um, so I, I think even like spanking and all of that stuff, like it's, it's not good for the person that's doing it too. You know what I mean? Like, you hold that stuff with you, and I, I don't think I don't think it's good for for a parent or child, honestly.
0: And um, the main top like theme here, the most important thing I think to say is that it's always actually violence. It, violence is always violence, no matter who you're committing it against, especially children. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the initiation of force is always illegitimate.
0: We'll be back tomorrow, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to put that in your phone, because that's the end of the show for tonight. 603-283-6160. It's been Free Talk Live. Thanks for listening.